0: Warning, this is a message from the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. They're working on it. Reminding you to watch before you listen. This show is full of spoilers and we literally talk about every scene in the movie. Also, we use some not-so-super language, so maybe make your kids go outside and play for a little while so you can listen to two grown men talk about people in costumes fighting other people in costumes in peace. Hello, citizens. Welcome to the Fortress of Poditude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. This is a show where we talk about some supermen. And a Wonder Woman. It's about time. It is about time. I'm excited for this one. It's overdue. I agree. Well, we, we talk about female characters every single week on this show. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's a lot that suck. And that's why this one's a big deal. Right. And there's not a whole lot of movies that are led by, by females. This is the first one in 12 years. After Elektra. And we all know how that one turned out. Mm. This one turned out a little differently. A little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. And this is kind of DC's, I'm not going to say a return by any means. No, yeah. I'm going to call it so. almost an entry. I think this is the one that opened the door and said, no, no, DC, you, you can do this. Yeah. This movie thing, maybe it is for you. Yeah,
1: maybe, <laughs> you take a break for a little
0: while. you aren't so terrible at it. No, no. And, I mean, you've seen this before. I hadn't. This yeah. is my first time seeing it. I was, I was having a, a kid when this thing came out. So I that makes sense. M- missed it. Yeah. Completely off the radar. But I don't know. This is, I'm still digesting this. Like, as of this recording, I only finished this maybe 15 minutes ago. <laughs> so I'm still, I'm doing this very raw. Very. What were your thoughts when you first saw it? I really liked it. I remember leaving the theater going, wow, what a change. From the last movie that DC put out, which I believe the one before this was Suicide Squad. I believe you're right. Huge difference. Yeah. Haven't seen that one either. Oh, well, you're lucky. I had, to buy, I had to buy the Blu-ray box set for this for the, the <laughs> DC movies, and it's got Wonder Woman, Batman v. Superman, Suicide Squad, Man of Steel, and what would the other one be? Justice League? And Justice League. That's right. Nah, I haven't seen any of them. Mm. DC, it's, that's my my watch hole that I just don't have. That's fair, though. I mean, if there were ones to miss, those were probably the ones. That whole entire catalog of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad this is my first true entry back into the DC world, especially with this one. And this one was unnecessarily controversial. Yeah. There was no reason. None. None. I think the only bit of controversy that we've actually kind of, you could throw out at this point, was Patty Jenkins directing this thing. Yeah. Because she had not done much at all. And we've learned that for superhero movies, you kind of don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if there's anything we've learned it's that you you don't have to rely on what they've done before to Correct. know how it's going to turn out. Yeah, creative people are going to be creative.
1: All doesn't over matter, the doesn't
0: matter. I mean with this she did Monster back in 2003. Right. Then she just stayed in the TV world for oh uh, well until Wonder Woman. Yeah. Well, and- there were a lot of different directors attached to this that were primarily TV directors. Who else? Before Patty Jenkins got the job, it was actually uh, Michelle McLaren who's done four episodes of Game of Thrones, three episodes of Walking Dead, 11 episodes of Breaking Bad. So she's very much in the TV world, but has big names behind her. Uh, There was also, they were thrown around the idea of Mimi Leader, who directed some Shameless and The Leftovers. Okay. And Julie Taymor. Nope, she's not TV. Take that back. She's definitely not TV. Nope. She's Broadway. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, Trisha Brock, who's done The Walking Dead, Person of Interest, 30 Rock, Breaking Bad, Orange is the New Black, Mr. Robot. Been everywhere then. A little bit of everything. Yeah. So Patty Jenkins actually fits that the mold of what they were looking for then. Because, yeah. I mean, she did an episode of Arrested Development, two episodes of Entourage, two episodes of The Killing, one episode of The Betrayal. It's just little things here and there. She did an episode of Arrested Development? Yeah. Do you think they were trying to capture that Russo brothers magic? Maybe. Hmm. That was all they needed on the resume. <laughs> <laughs> Arrested <laughs> Development? Yeah. Bring her in. I think the more interesting choice was not who is behind the camera, but who is in front of it. Absolutely. Gal Gadot. She is Wonder Woman. I don't have any other way of putting it. She is. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. And it's amazing because this movie had been in production since like 96. Yeah. Even uh, Patty Jenkins was like, I don't know if she's the right one. But then as she went through the process, she was like, oh, it can only be Gal Gadot. Yeah. She's absolutely perfect in this movie she's great and i think that the production itself lets her be perfect i mean she's israeli she's five foot ten yeah am i getting that right yeah she's a model a model fine throw that out we don't need that but they let her use her her real accent in this movie yeah and they just own it that's and it she's a former member of the israeli army they have to be which yeah. she kicks ass on and off screen so much ass <laughs> it's ridiculous and i mean i've only really known her from the fast and furious series that's it. Yeah, I mean. And even those, I don't really know where from. Exactly. I don't remember them at all because they all blend together. It's they fast cars take... driving around. I think the, in one of them, they the, drift. the Rock is there now. He's a big part of it now. I guess so. Yeah, I don't know a lot about those movies. I don't know. We I could, think I've seen all of them. We could do a miniseries if we want. Do we want? I, I don't want to do it. I think Gal Gadot did a very good job, way better than Kobe Smulders could have done. Was she the other one in the running? Yeah. Kobe Smulders is amazing. She's great in the Marvel franchises and How I Met Your Mother. She's fine in there. Didn't we have a, a reference to her last week? I think so. I'm pretty sure we said something, something about, about Robin, Robin Shervatsky. Sp- yep. <laughs> I don't remember. I forget everything we do after recording. I think it was something about, something about Rogue's Canadian vacation trip. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I just thought of this. Did Rogue name herself? Oh, definitely. Like she said it in the car all haphazardly. It was like, I'm Rogue. It's I'm like Rogue. Because you just you're off on your own right now. Doesn't matter. No, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. P- putting that in the time machine, we'll edit it in next uh, last week. <laughs> we'll edit it in last week. <laughs> we really should dive into this thing. I think this yes. is crazy. There's a yes. lot that happened. There's so much. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. I want to start by saying Marvel's opening is so much better than DC's. Oh, so opening. much. DC's is so lame. It's just a lot of 3D drawn characters, and they show just the Justice League ones. And you can tell that there were like. Oh, you see what Marvel did? We should probably do that too We have to do something. But just not as good. Yeah. And the fact that we're named Detective Comics Comics doesn't help us. (laughs) Have you ever thought of that? No. That's exactly what they are. That's funny. So DC, already they handicapped themselves. The distinguished competition. I guess so. We have a voiceover. We do. We have that. It's necessary. That VO. I'm happy we started like differentiating between unnecessary and necessary voiceovers. Yeah. Basically, if it's if it's Toby Maguire, it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. Just assume it's unnecessary. I don't remember Spider Man 3. I'm pretty sure I think the whole movie was unnecessary, but we'll get there. We'll get there. I thought Earth looked weird. It looked like a giant ice ball, and I didn't appreciate that for some reason. I didn't even notice. Yeah, it looked strange. I noticed because I had to start this movie like six times sure. because I would get five minutes in and then Was it supposed busy. to be like an old timey Earth? Like in No, Earth? this was a I, I think this is a modern Earth, like a, a twenty seventeen Earth. Okay. Because then I, we... Oh, because we do zoom into Yeah, we the zoom into Paris, the Louvre, and then uh, the Wayne Enterprises van pulls up. The because old, we're in a DC universe. The old Wayne Enterprises Brinks truck. Yep, driven by Jon Favreau. Right. Of, cool. course. Of, course. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. It's a land of magic and wonder, worth cherishing in every way. Is that what it says? That's one of the things she says in the VO. Okay. Uh, she wanted to save the world, because it's... Wonderful. I guess so. I like how they this giant truck pulls up and they just pull out a single case out of the back of it. Well, when you have Bruce Wayne money, oh yeah, why not send an entire truck? If that's the case, I'm surprised it wasn't a helicopter or like an 18 wheeler. Well, they probably had him on set ready to go just in case. I mean, he's based back in Gotham City, which fictional town. Paris, not none of the the locations in this movie are fictitious. So does this well, except for does this break DC? It lore? seems like it a little bit. A little bit. DC is, it's Gotham heavy and Metropolis heavy. Yeah. I didn't even put that together. But they're at the Louvre. Oh, maybe it's the Louvre in like, Frenchropolis. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I imagine Bruce Wayne spent a lot of money just getting that truck over there. I doubt it. So no, maybe, he's got, he's a worldwide enterprise. You think so? I don't think so. I think he's very much based in Gotham. Yeah. Based no. on everything we've seen so far. This movie's not about him. No. They'd fool you though with that opening scene. They do. We see Gal Gadot walking in the museum. She's an employee, I guess. She, I guess she's a curator a, a of sorts, preservation and restoration specialist. They don't say that in this movie, but they do in the other ones that she's in. Okay, well that's good. I wouldn't know. Yeah, I'm happy you have that. I think they say it in Batman vs Superman. And I I still don't know. She got introduced in that, didn't or maybe she? maybe Justice League. Yeah, she was introduced in Batman v Superman. Okay, did she have a big part in that? It was a a sizable part. She had more screen time than Aquaman. He was in that too, very briefly. Okay. Wow, I'm missing out here. I feel like you're educating me. This is good. So Diana, I'm gonna just call her Diana. We're about to learn her name. Her name's Diana. She opens up this case and there's just a photograph there. Yep. And on the photograph is it's clearly Diana in Wonder Woman garb with just four guys just standing there. It's like a black and white photograph, I guess. It's on like a pane of glass though. So it's like an I guess it's a negative, but it's it's not a negative. I guess so. The way this thing is set up, though, I was half expecting, like, her to be standing next to Doc Brown and a clock tower clock. <laughs> and just hearing Z... It well, <laughs> inside... was not the case, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> also inside this uh, case that the Brinks Wayne guys delivered was a, uh, a note from, yeah. from Bruce Wayne. Yeah. It said, uh, I found the original. Maybe one day you'll tell me your story. Yeah. We're building a universe, Dave. She's not going to tell Bruce's story. She's dead. She's going to tell us the story. She's going to tell us the Lucky story. Lucky us. In like a two and a half hour flashback. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> this movie lives in the flashback. Yeah. So let's flashback. Yeah. We're headed to the mascara. The Mascara? I feel like Brian just threw up in his mouth a little trying to say that. mascara. I don't know how to say it. No, they say it a few times. It's Paradise Island. Yeah, we'll call it The Mascara. The Mascara. Just easier. We're not there that long. It's fine. That's true. It's fine. And we have a uh, little girl Diana. Yeah, she's running. Running. Just on the run from a lady. Running away from a lady. I don't know who this lady is. I thought it was her mom. She's like a caretaker or a teacher. She's on her way to go watch these Amazon women train. Yeah, a lot. There's horse flippies. There's horse flippies. There's horse flippies. There's all sorts of flippies. There's a ton of them. And oh my God, these women are badass. Yeah, they throw it out there right away. It's incredible. It's crazy. I actually wrote down, if we stop this movie here, this movie's getting a one for female characters right now, and we're three minutes in. And I noticed their statues not nearly as unsettling as the ones from Batman Returns because they were normal sized. Because I mean, they were still big statues. Yeah, they just weren't all weird looking. Well, Tim, I still don't know what it was about them I didn't like. Tim Burton got to them. Yeah, and then Tim Burton got in your yeah. head. These were unTim Burtonified statues. That's not hard to do. That's most statues. Most statues are untimburtonified. <laughs> I really like how Diana's up on like this hill and she's kind of doing like fighting moves. Oh yeah, and she's, stuff, she's she's like, kind of shadowboxing. Yeah, and I thought that was adorable. She's too cute. Yeah. She wants to be a warrior. Yeah. We actually meet a female warrior here. It's Antiope, played by Robin Wright. Yeah. It's Claire Underwood. Yeah. She's badass, man. <laughs> oh, she's awesome. Man, is she awesome. And she's uh, just kicking all sorts of ass like everyone else in this movie is. Yeah. Pretty great. She sees Diana up on the hill doing this shadow boxing. Pretty awesome. Then that random lady starts yelling at Diana. Diana runs away again. There's an armadillo yep. in the streets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the armadillo. Is that a thing? Is that like lore that I don't know about? I have no it idea. It was so strange to see. Like it was a weird thing to throw in there. That's very weird. I, I don't know. That's so specific though that it couldn't, that's not an accident obviously. It's not just armadillos wandering around like that. Right. I have no idea. If you know what the armadillos in reference to, tweet us. Please. Or, or send us an email. Educate us on armadillos in the Wonder Woman universe. Please. There has to be some sort of importance here. There must be some kind of Easter egg that we just totally missed. Maybe she has like a nemesis who's armadillo man or something maybe the only nemesis here is diana jumps off a building and there's a very cgi background <laughs> i don't have to tell you i mean when you have little girls jumping off buildings it's probably best to not do it really just get warwick davis slap a wig on him shoot it and that's true a far out shot and done yeah oh, well, that little girl jumped really far looks like willow why is it <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but uh she's jumping pretty far but she does not get where she's going. Because, no, because there's a Connie Nielsen. Because there's a Connie Nielsen. Hippolyta. Yeah. Her mother catches her right by the wrist. Yeah. And and even though she's a little girl, she is wearing those those wrist the bracers the wrist cuffs. <laughs> That's what I call it. Oh, I like that a lot. And uh, little girl Diana's in trouble. Yeah, she is. Because she's supposed to be in school. Yeah, she's not. She's not. She's in the school of life. School of hard knocks. School of hard on knocks. streets. Just trying to get an education. Yeah, the ones that matter. Exactly. How to throw a punch, how to shoot an arrow, how to do equine acrobatics. That should be an Olympic sport. (laughs) None of this dressage bullshit. I want to see equine acrobatics. (laughs) You'd think the Cirque du Soleil people are just going to run the table on that, though. They'd be very good at it. Wouldn't it be fair? And here's France with another gold medal. (laughs) Equine uh, acrobatics. We don't know why he's dressed as a grasshopper either, but he is. <laughs> <laughs> and Tyapace there as well, now because she saw it all happening, she says it's time to train Diana. Yeah. The mom disagrees, Diana... as moms want to do. Right, right. Moms are usually like, I don't want my kid fighting. The fun police. They are. Moms are the fun police. That's it. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Sorry, <laughs> mom. <laughs> Diana just wants to, to fight like everybody else on the island. Yeah, but instead, Hippolyta just wants her to go to bed. It's so bedtime. she goes to tuck her in, and she starts telling her this this story. I'm going to tell you a story. She tells her that Zeus, uh, she sculpted her from clay and that Zeus gave her life. She's like, I've heard that story, Mom. She's yeah, like, well, then I'll tell you a different one. Yeah, the story about war. The story of war. And I appreciate how she says that fighting does not make you a hero, to which Diana says, maybe just a shield. No sharp edges. Yeah. Pretty badass for a she's, little girl. <laughs> yeah, she's great. But yeah, Zeus made some humans, and they were chill, but Ares got jelly, so... You know. He corrupted the humans. Yeah. So then Zeus had to create the Amazons to restore peace, and it it worked. Yeah. the God's created the Amazons to influence men's hearts with love and to restore peace to the earth. And for a brief time, there was peace. I wonder how brief. About as brief as Diana laying in bed, because she fucks right off. (laughs) (laughs) She sneaks out in the middle of the night. I mean, and she goes to train with Antiope. Yeah. Antiope. That's what I'm going to call her from now on, because we aunt, learned that it's her aunt. It is her aunt. It's yeah. Antiope. Antiope.
1: Antiope. Antiope. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all these names, man, they're so hard to read and so hard to say. Yeah. Well, Ares kills all the gods except Zeus. Yep. And he and Zeus uses the last of his power to strike Ares down, but everybody knows Ares is going to come back. So, Zeus, Oh, yeah. I played God of War. Zeus left a weapon for the Amazons and hid the them God away. Killer. Hid them away in case Ares returns. Diana wants to see the God killer. Yeah, yeah. So naturally, Mom's like, all right. Mom, show me the God Killer. You got it. Fine. Nothing on TV tonight. Let's go see the God Killer. Mom, can we go see the God Killer <laughs> again? It's a pretty sweet sword. It's a very sweet sword. It's an awesome sword. It's a sword. It's definitely a sword, guys. Yeah. It's got the, the pointy edge. It's got the the handle part of it. Yep. There's- The God Killer is a sword. Yeah. There's nothing else it could be. Yeah, it's like a big dagger. Yeah. As, yeah. as swords go, it's very swordly. I would say it's very, very sword-like. Mm-hmm. For sure. Some would call it a sword. Some would call it a god <laughs> And little Diana, she wants that sword. So Diana goes out and she trains with Antiope. This is actually after the time jump that she sneaks out and does that. Oh, really? Yeah. So you're saying teenage? Yeah. Teenage Diana. Teenage Diana. She's training. Yeah. But uh, but her mom catches her. Yeah. They get into a, a pretty serious argument about whether or not to train Diana.
1: For they sort of- Very it briefly. It was a
0: very brief, serious argument. And then, well, then basically then what happened was- Hippolyta was just like, yeah. And I hope he he was like, you know Ares isn't dead. We need to train her. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. But Then Hippolyta says, the stronger she gets, the sooner he'll find her. Yeah. And it seems like there might be more to this little girl than meets the eye. Very ominous. Is she a Transformer? Oh, my God, she's Amazon Prime. Bezos, buddy, we know where you got it now. I hope your divorce goes terribly, (laughs) because you've ripped people off. Well said, though. (laughs) Thanks.
1: (laughs) I have a question for you.
0: Okay. Are these actors, Connie Nielsen and Robin Wright, trying to mimic Gal Gadot's Israeli accent? I think so. I do too, but I don't know for sure. Unless they're just kind of doing their own thing to make it not specific to anything. Maybe. That's possible. But I took it as they were trying to mimic an Israeli accent to match Gal Gadot. I will say that Lily Aspen, who plays the young Diana, 100% was mimicking Gal Gadot's accent. She didn't have a lot of dialogue. She didn't, but what she had, she nailed it. A hundred percent. She did great for an eight-year-old yeah. girl. Good good parroting there, for sure. Oh, yeah. Kids are the best parents. Are you that surprised? That's not surprising at all. Basically, Hippolyta says, you will train her harder than any Amazon before. Ten times harder. Five times harder. Ten times yeah. harder. Now until all of a she's, a she's just going for until it. Until she's better than even you. Yeah, and then they cut to- Adult Diana? Adult Diana kicking everyone's ass yeah, on that she's... field and she's getting arrow shot at her. And... She's got way less armor than everybody else. Yeah. She's kicking ass. And I think it might be time. For- Rupert fucking Gregson Williams. Now, are you going to put the fucking before the Gregson or after the Gregson? You put it before the Gregson. Yeah, well, it's a hyphenated last name. Oh! You put it in the right spot. Yeah. Rupert fucking Gregson Williams. Pretty terrific. Is excellent here. Guy's got a weird career. How weird. He's done such movies as... I'm going to skip all over the place because it seems like his career did it too. Okay. Hotel Rwanda. Oh. Grown Ups. Zookeeper, oh, Jack right. and Jill, he did, That's like, My Boy, Grown Ups movies. 2, Click, I, <laughs> Blended, Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, I didn't think he did Paul Blart, Mall Cop 1, now that I didn't think about it, Sandy Wexler, Hacksaw Ridge, Wonder Woman. I did look him up, he did like all of the Adam Sandler what movies. What the hell, Rupert? I feel like from 2000 something, to two, I want to say from like 2002 to 2012, all he did were Happy Madison Productions. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. And the stuff that he wasn't doing, his brother was doing. Stop it. Harry Gregson Williams. There's another Gregson Williams? There sure is. He was doing stuff like The Borrowers and Spy Kids, Shrek, Spy Game, Phone Booth, Shrek 4D, Shrek 2, Deja Vu, The Number 23, Flushed Away, M, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, Cowboys and Aliens, and one of my personal favorite scores of all time, The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe. Oh, wow. We got a family thing going on here of ass kicking. We sure do. Or not ass kicking. Of of weird choices and occasional ass kicking. Strange choices and occasional ass kicking. The Gregson Williams story. That's it. I'll write the book. Yeah. Done. You do the artwork for the cover. Deal. Brian does all the artwork for all the stuff that we do as is, and it looks fucking phenomenal. Thank you. So naturally, the Gregson Williams boys cover is going to be great. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. And then we option off the movie rights. And uh, we get Danny Elfman to do the score. Naturally. Of <laughs> course. Were we insane? <laughs> so now I guess Diana has to fight Antiope. Naturally. Naturally. That's, that's I mean, how that's... you do it. You start kicking some ass and you got to fight your aunt. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Those are the rules. And uh, Diana disarms her. Yeah. And she looks for her mom for approval. She keeps looking for, to her mom but, for uh, approval. That's a problem to do. That is a that's problem. Letting your guard down. Because Antiope launches an assault on her. Yeah. Says, so don't let your guard down. Battle is never fair. Yeah. But then Diana lights her up. Yeah, as as you do with, with the, those the wrist cuffs, the wrist cuffs just puts them together, kind of in a Wakanda like fashion, and very Wakandesk. Bam! Yeah, bam! Launches her. She feels all bad about she this. She does, even and, though yeah. battle is never fair. No, no. But then she's just gonna go to her cliff and just. She has convenient timing to be on that cliff because there is an airplane that comes through this force field. Yeah, and crashes into cloaking device. The water. Yeah, the German plane just comes crashing through and into the drink. Yep. Luckily, she's a hero and dives on in and swims the mile out to this thing. (laughs) Pretty quickly, too. Yeah. It's impressive. Yeah, well, she's pretty super. She is Amazon Prime. That's very true. So she can get there pretty quickly. Yeah, it's probably the same city delivery here, I would say. Is that Ultra Prime? The Mascara. They have a name for that? They have that. Oh, yeah. The Mascara always has Amazon Prime. From this plane, the wreckage of it, she pulls out a Chris Pine. A Chris Pine. One of the Chris's. Yeah, He's we got here. we got another. We, we found a, another Chris. Found a Chris. Good for us. <laughs> Along the way, I think this is actually technically our first Chris. Well, Chris Pratt gets brought up on every episode well, for that's obvious true. reasons. He gets brought up, but he hasn't been this in any of. Our is our, our first yet. Chris sighting? This is our first out Chris. of the trifecta of Chris. Weird that this is the one. Yeah, who would have thunk it? <laughs> yeah, definitely the first superhero movie Chris you're going to talk about is Chris Pine. Of course, first one that comes to mind always. Diana saves him. She swims him back to shore. Yeah. As that's happening, we see ships, ships, ships in the darkness. A bunch of Germans, and they spot this German down ship in the water. I don't know how he saw this. They were definitely chasing him. Yeah, but was this just the tail that was kind of like underneath the force field? And that's how they were able to see it sticking it out. It must have been because it looks like he looked into it, but then when he put his hand out, he went through the force field, right? And his hand lit up. His hand did light so, up. Well, that's because that it's that it always can, day. It's always sunny it's always in the mascara. Of course. Danny DeVito would have been real weird in this role. Anywhere here. Any... They should have had Sweet D play a role in this. Oh, they should have. Oh, God damn it, son of a bitch. <laughs> 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 Germans, right? goddammit. Were there any birds in the movie? <laughs> a lot of just an ostrich running around. <laughs> but I found the force field interesting because the guy puts his hand through and he can see his hand in sunlight, but that refers that he can see. Through the, the force field. Maybe he put his head through at the same time. This, yeah, because that works out. Unless his, did his hand disappear first, and then he would said, like, "What the fuck? Where's my and hand?" Then had to go. Maybe I don't know. I don't remember. That's, That's a good question. question. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They pull up Steve Trevor. That's who Chris Pine's playing. Yep. Steve Trevor. They pull him up onto the shore, and then they turn around and and these Germans just, are just breaking on through to the other side, coming to the break camera. on through, break on through, yeah. break on through the other yeah. side. Yeah. 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 Sure. Chris Pine is alive. I wasn't ready for a Jim Morrison reference. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. But he's choking up some water, as you do when you nearly of drown. Course. Of course. And uh, Diana just says, you're a man. What I found unrealistic about this is that Diana is more in awe of seeing a man than Steve Trevor is in awe of seeing Gal Gadot. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, surprising. That doesn't make sense. No, not at all. Doesn't make any sense. Maybe he's just super worried about being chased. About being alive? By the crowds. By the, the war? Maybe. Legitimately the war the coming war. after him? Or maybe he's worried that he just you know ruined that notebook that he stole later in the movie or earlier in the movie technically must have waterproof pages or water it must it must must but surely I like the touch that comes up next because they realize that these warships are coming yeah. you see the Amazon ladies coming as well and they got their arrows and he says I hope they got more <laughs> <laughs> He's like, they have guns right <laughs> yeah and now you have a battle of the bows and arrows versus the first the the World War One weaponry World War One weaponry yeah. I love the touch here, how he grabs Diana's hand to run away, and it lasts for a second. Yeah. And then he's not holding her hand anymore because they let go. And I absolutely love that. You can read this a million different ways. Yeah. The way I read it was that he took it, that she's strong enough that he doesn't- He doesn't need to, Doesn't need to be there. But then we learn that this man's extremely chivalrous. Yes. Very respectful. Manners on manners on manners. So it's like, this is- the character that we needed. Yeah. To be the opposite. To be the opposite of these of, badass of Diana. women. Yeah. 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 He's a badass dude too. He is badass. It helps. But he's more than average. We'll get there. We'll get there. They fight. They fight. They fight. They really fight. Germans have guns though, and that's uh that's hard to overcome when you got bows and arrows. It is. And I, I found it crazy how they had that one slow mo shot of the sniper. It's very Zack Snyder. There's a lot of Zack Snyder There's touches in this movie. There's a whole lot of Zack Snyder yeah, Why I don't know why he's wrist deep in this movie either, but yeah, he is. I don't know. He, oh, absolutely. But you have that shot of the sniper who shoots the one Amazon woman who's swinging down, and it's very slow motion. Diana's watching this bullet yeah. come across and just staring it right through. It's very slow motion. Hits her in the chest, and that's Diana's first instance of war. Yeah. And she is very taken aback by it. And she's like, oh, I didn't know what that metal thing was. Yeah. And now it's inside her for for forever. And now she's dead. And now she's no longer here. Do they know what death is? I would. I don't know. That's tough. I know they understand what death is in stories. I don't understand what time is. Because from this point in 1918, I imagine, to 2017, Diana does not age a day. No. So how much time time has already passed here from when she was a child? How long has she been training? Yeah. Millennia? I guess so. But when you look at his, I mean, how long has Antiope been training? How yeah. long has Hippolyta been the queen of the Amazons? Forever. Yeah. Hippolyta's been queen of the Amazons since the Amazons were created by Zeus. And is, he, by is the she gods? in theory going to remain queen of the Amazons for forever? Then One would assume. Okay. I don't know. Do they just start Are they immoral growing until up they get and shot? And then they just I guess they start just growing up and all of a sudden they're just like, "Nope, done growing." Well, I don't think the other Amazons age at all. I think they were brought into the world as adults. Okay. Cuz they do mention that Diana is the only child on the island. They do mention that. Which would make sense why she wants to be like all the adults. Yeah. But then she grows up. That's there's, odd. There's no way of knowing how long it took. No, but there's no way of knowing, I mean, why did she grow up? Right. Okay. Anyway, Anybody's kicking everyone's ass? Diana's going to come out. She's going to kick everyone's ass. Yeah. Steve's Trevor's going to help out. He kicks everyone's ass. He does. Just, they all do some ass kicking. There's this really cool uh, move where Antiope yells out, shield. And yeah. And other woman basically hoists her up into the air with a shield. Tally and she, she, uh, she takes out three Germans with one, yeah. one shot of her. That's exactly her it. With three arrows. Scotty Pippen, man. He threw that thing off the backboard and then Amazing. dunked it on in. Yeah. Right into their chest cavities. Three <laughs> pointer. Yeah. I'd say. hey yo. <laughs> <laughs> then- Antiope's going to take a bullet yeah. for Diana. She's she's going to sacrifice herself to save Diana. Yeah. Robin right out. Yeah. Simple as that. Just that quick. There she is and Yep. Yeah. And Steve realizes something's wrong and he starts no-look shooting these Germans. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Very awesome. Hippolyta's not very excited about her sister being dead. Or about Steve wearing the colors of the enemy, or man. exactly. So she wants to take out Steve, but Diana's like, "No, no, no. He helped I got us. this one. He's on our side." What man fights against his own people? These aren't my people. Then why do you wear their colors? Tricky thing to explain. Yeah, it's, so It's it, tough. What helps is how, is this when he's in the lasso of truth for the it, first time? It is now. Yeah. So he's he's wrapped up in that lasso of truth and we get to see what he spied. Yeah. And he spied with his little eye, Dr. Poison. My, my name is Captain Steve Trevor, pilot, American Expeditionary Forces, assigned to British intelligence. I am a... Throws it up. <laughs> Spy. Spy! <laughs> I like that one. It's out there. He's like, "Oh fuck, oh, out I'm there!" Spot. All I'm right. spot. <laughs> he tries so hard to fight against that lasso, but he can't do it. Can't do it. Nope. Can't. Do- I appreciate him trying though. Yeah. Very cool to see the lasso troop. And then we get our World War One expose. Yeah. He just casually walks his way into this compound, this lab type place where yeah. Doctor Poison, Doctor Isabel Maru. Yeah. She's working on some sort of gas. Some sort what of what she does. Some Sort of gas. Doctor Poison is uh, making poison. Yeah, and she's testing it on some dude, and the dude is getting lit uh, up by yeah. this poison. And... He's not having a good day. No, but the gas mask is seemingly working a little bit, a little bit, I suppose. And then it doesn't work, <clears throat> so she just blasts him anyway. Right? Just uh, you as you do. She's the bad guy. <laughs> she's yep. Thanks, John Favreau. That is. Oh yes, yeah. of course. Um, he pops in a few times here. He's he'll be back. In an interview, Alina Anaya, who plays Doctor Maru says, uh, she asked Patty Jenkins, where did the scars come from? And Patty said, oh, she did it to herself. She did it on purpose. She was testing out these gases, and she wanted to know just how how bad they were. So yeah. she she tested the gases on herself, and that's why she has to wear that. It's like a boardwalk empire. She's like a- One character had that kind of face-like prosthesis. But I like how this one has like- It's like, like, like a-, a Walmart brand Phantom of the Opera. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I just like it has like the hinges, so her lips will move still. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a neat touch. After shoots this dude, we get to meet General Eric Ludendorff. Yes, who is a real person. Really? Yeah. They put this thing into... There's some historical accuracy to this movie. Wow. General Eric Ludendorff was a real person, and he was ruthless. Maybe not as, as ruthless as he is in the movie. Or maybe not as as much as any other World War I high commander. Okay. But he was supreme commander of the German forces, and he authorized the use of mustard gas. And uh, when the armistice happened, Ludendorff supported Hitler's failed coup. And then eventually he was like, I don't like the sailor guy. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Ludendorff, real guy, historical accuracy. That's strange. In a DC movie where they make up their own cities. Yeah. Not here. No. Okay. Steve steals a notebook. And when Dr. Poison after shoots his dude and Ludendorff's there and turns around, the doors open. So she knows something up the guy casually walking away, obviously is the one who did it. It's gotta be the guy walking away. So, He goes and steals a plane, Steve does, and that's the plane that crashes. That's how this all starts. And now we're back. And we're back. How about that? Back to the Mascara. The Mascaria? I'll never know how to say it. Basically, Steve tells the Amazons that he needs to get back to British intelligence so he can help end the war. The Amazons don't know about the war. The Amazons have no idea about the war. They have no idea about the outside world. So they're like, what war? Yeah. And Steve's like, the war? The the Great War. The war to end all wars? Yeah. And uh, four years, 27 countries, 25 million dead? Soldiers and civilians, women and children. He knows a lot about this war. Yeah. Like a whole lot. He, but he is he sure does. intelligent. So he's a makes spy. Sense. Yeah. He's the spy guy. Diana says that this must be the work of Ares. It's Ares. That she needs to find Ares and kill Ares to end war, just in general. That's uh, that's what we do. That's our mission. Yeah, she took these bedtime stories real seriously. Oh yeah, yeah. By the way, bedtime stories composed by believe it was Rupert who did it. Yeah. Rupert Gregson Williams. He was bedtime stories. Now I have a question here. Because mm-hmm. after this, Diana learns that she's not an Amazon. Right. Does she already know this? That she's not an Amazon? Her reaction says she did. Yeah, she knows. She knows that she was... She, she was birthed out of clay. She queen was, of the Amazons yeah, yeah. wanted a daughter. Zeus sure. gave her life. That's all she knows. So she, But does that mean she understands that she's not an Amazon, is my question. She grew up I think so. surrounded by Amazons. Okay. I think she knows. Okay. So, But she doesn't know what she... Right. Just in general. Or she just assumes that she is... A, a clay baby brought to life. Okay. That is her existence. That is how babies are made. Everybody knows. Everyone knows that. Well, actually, Steve's got news for you. So Steve's healing in this pool of blue. This this healing grotto of something or other. I don't know. Yeah, I had issues with this. Yeah? Big time. As we discussed last week, when, when liquid isn't the color it's supposed to be, it's usually a bad thing. It's usually a bad thing. That's this right. liquid was different color than it should have been, but it was a good thing. It, well, if that liquid had then changed color, we would know it would be bad. So if we watched but it change color. Exactly. You have to witness the color change to know it's bad. Okay, so it's a lot like witnessing a parent death on screen versus off screen. One of them has more of a... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mysterious liquid can be good. Sure. It's seeing the color change that you know, uh uh-oh, something's more mysterious about this liquid now. What's even more mysterious in this liquid, though, is the sexual tension between a naked Steve Trevor... Yep. ...and a Diana. Because he gets on out of that pool and he's all, he's all nakey and whatnot. And he and she, no towel. None. He's just like. No, I like how he covers up at first. Then he's just like, well, I guess we're in it now. Yeah, well, she asks, are you average? She says, <laughs> well. Are you a typical example of your sex? Above average. <laughs> I'm above average. <laughs> dick jokes. Good job. I, th- I took it as a whole package. As oh, him, sure. Him in general, not even a dick joke. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I mean, it was I, a subtle I, dick joke. There was one dick joke here where Diane asked, what's that? What's and he looked that? down, And he looks down. And it was not a wiener joke. No, it wasn't, but they stay quiet about what's that for a while. It and was it's a beat. Like... It was definitely a beat, but they're really not no. going where this, where Marvel would have gone. Oh, right. no, no, no. They're, I guess that's I, the way to look at it. That's true. Marvel would have gone there. Yeah. DC's not going there. No. At least this DC isn't going there. Right. Oh, my watch. Yeah. This is a fascinating conversation because Diana can't believe that Steve lets, as she calls it, this little thing tell you what to do. Right. No concept of time on the mascara. Oh, huh. So it's like a, a regular superhero movie. How about that, hmm. Pat Jenkins? Thanks for listening to our show. Yeah, in the past, Back and making in your movie based on some stuff that we talk about. We appreciate it. And she has an aunt die. Yeah, not even a parent. Not even a parent. Apparently, <laughs> hey, hey. We're breaking our rules. Well, here's the thing: Does Zeus die? Unknown. I I never was sure when they when they do their little. This is what happened. I'm going to say past. it's unknown. They say that Zeus used the rest of his power to hide away the Amazons and to create the God Killer. So therefore, but they never is he, they, they never he of the power now straight out if he's dead or not. Yeah, just that he used the last of his power. Correct. I, I don't know. I found this whole scene interesting because of how little sexual tension there is. I mean, there's I, there's a hint. Not really. I think there is. I don't. I really think they're just two people talking. And well, I that think it doesn't matter. What it is is Steve is extremely uncomfortable at first, but. Because Diana isn't, he gets over it really quick. Yeah, she doesn't even think anything of it. Right. Nothing. Even though she's never seen a man before. Correct. She's and right about him, as we'll learn. But Steve says he has to get back to the war. Yeah. She doesn't know why he wants to go back to the war after all the atrocities he's been describing. Yeah. But she wants to let him go. Yeah. And she wants to go with him. But, yeah. but mom says no. Well, she asks, why do you want to even go back? He says, well, my his father told him, if you see something wrong happening in the world, you can either do nothing or you can do something. I already tried nothing. That's an awesome line. That's a great line. I'm a big fan. Nothing to lose at that point. Right. So then Diana's like, should I stay or should I go now? If I go, there'll be trouble. If I stay, it'll be double. Double. Of course. That's what the ancient Greeks said. Yeah. Yeah. She has this moment where there is there is, there a, is there a cow? A boar? What is I don't know. It was like a ram. A ram. Just... It was a ram. Yeah. It looked like she was gonna go one way and then she saw the ram and she's like, No, you're right, I should go the other way. I Should the go the other way. Thanks, Th- Ram. Thanks, Ram. <laughs> what are with these random <laughs> I animals? Don't know. What well, the mascara? It's Strange running. things are afoot. Diana decides to not hang out with this ram and runs the other way and jumps uh, onto a building. Jumps of onto swords, a, building. a tower of sorts. I don't know what it is. Has that one handy grip. Yeah, it doesn't last long. Nope. That then she creates her own handholds by just digging yeah, in. She's like, "Oh, I'm strong enough to punch through this." Eh, okay. Yeah. And then she Steal, she steals the God Killer. It's not guarded. She climbs being... up that building yeah. like she's the Incredible Hulk she takes the last lasso of truth. Not the first bit of Hulk we're going to have in this, I don't think. Nope. So. <laughs> Not at all. She takes the last lasso of truth. Yep. She takes the shield. Yep. She takes the, the god killer. killer. And then out of the corner of her eye, she sees this one suit of armor that's colorful that I Like how they, how they never even- I like how they didn't show it. Big fan. We know what it is. Well, of course we do. Yeah. We don't need to see it. Doesn't matter. It's just weird that- John Favreau, take a break, bud. On this whole island, there's one, one suit set of, of armor. armor that yeah. is colorful. Yes. Everybody else is brown. Yeah. But we got this red, blue, and yeah, gold one. So That's why this one's one special. a away with the god killer. Yeah, because it's special. Yeah. It belongs there. Yeah. She goes back to Steve. They're leaving together. Yep. They're Mommy's going to find away. out come that they're leaving. Come sail away. Come sail away with me. I wrote down the same joke. Really? <laughs> sure did. Wow. <laughs> and then here comes all of Amazon. Yeah. .com. Mommy's all mad about this, but then she's not. She's like, Ma, I got to go. Now, Hippolytus says, if you leave, you may never come back. Yes. Does she mean- a- She might not survive and not be able to come back or that she's not allowed allowed to come back. back. I had the same issue with that line reading. I was like, I don't, I don't know. Can she go back So that was either, acting is all choice. Mm -hmm. That's that's it. Yeah. The choice that they make, that's how you define acting. Was this the choice not to define what this line meant? I think so. And if that's the case, cool choice. Yeah. Very cool choice. Leave it open. Yeah. We'll decide in the sequel. Can't wait. Oh, it's going to be good. Hippolyta gives Diana Antiope's head thingy tiara. The head thingy. Yeah. yeah. I, I call it the head thingy. The head thingy. That's exactly what I wrote down. as head thingy. Yeah. And then Rupert fucking Gregson Williams. He's crushing it. He is. He's really crushing he's, it. He's real good. Are you going to do it or am I going to do it? Do what? I'm going to throw out a KP nominee. Oh. To Rupert fucking Gregson Williams for All best right. score. For the Danny Elfman Award? For the Award? Danny Elfman Award. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. Right. He's going to be up there. I like it. I think he's- at this point, we're and I we're only a quarter of this movie, and he's earned it and by we've already leaps and bounds three times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a question for you. Okay. Now that I've seen the movie, it's different. Now that I understand it, but as I'm watching this for the first time, I questioned if Diana is talking about Ares as an actual person, as an actual being, or as a metaphor for something else. Yeah. And I feel like they leave that very open throughout this entire movie. Very open. Oh, definitely. It's especially awesome. with with the way. Everybody else questions yeah. it. Steve questions it a bunch of times, but Steve also kind of treats it like a kid. Right. It's a Santa Claus situation here. Yeah. I feel like. I'm like, yeah, well. It's like, oh, she believes in Aries. I'm not yeah, going to take it from her. I'm not going to ruin her her wonder. As they sail away, random Amazon lady asks, should you have told her to Hippolyta? Oh, yeah. That's when she says, the more she knows, the sooner he'll find out. Right. Man, that's so cool how they're just leaving it that open. Yeah. Everything about this movie is very open. Very. You know what? This is needed. It's not a Favreau movie. It is not a Favreau movie. It's not a Zack Snyder movie either. (laughs) Right. Diana wants Steve to bring her to where the fighting is the most intense. That's where she'll find Eric. Because she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, bring me to where they're fighting the. But first, they need to sleep. Right. On the sailboat. Yes. So they're going to do that. Steve makes up a bed for her. And then Diana starts questioning why he's not sleeping next to her. And he says, well, we're not together. We sleep, but uh, you don't sleep with women? No, I. I, I He's like, oh, I sleep with women. Yeah, I actually thought he was gay for. Oh, really? Like this response? Yeah, yeah, I totally did. Oh, because it was one of those things of like, maybe this movie is going to go there for some reason. Maybe it would just been a weird, cool choice for them to make. But I really thought the movie was going to go there for a hot second. It didn't. Nope, it didn't at all. But outside the confines of marriage, it's not polite to assume super chivalrous. Very, and she's like, marriage? You can't sleep with me unless we're married. He's like, all right, fine, I'll sleep with you. (laughs) She starts explaining like the twelve books. Oh yes, about that. I actually yes, the twelve volumes of Cleo's treatises on bodily pleasure. Is that a real thing? Not at all. Okay. No, Cleo is a is an ancient Greek. Actually, I think she's a muse. I always thought of her as a Jamaican telephone. Something. Call me, darling. <laughs> but yeah, Steve asks if Diana's ever never seen a man before, and he asks about her father, and she says, "Oh, my mother made me from clay. Yeah. Zeus so brought me to life." Sure. And he says, "Well, that's neat." Yep. And I was like, "Ah, yep. oh, I get Steve." Totally, you connect it on a level that's unheard of so far. But then Steve is immediately (laughs) going to go into how he makes babies. Yep. Education, man. She wasn't in middle school. She doesn't get it. Or high school. Whatever it was. I know all about reproductive biology and the pleasures of the flesh. Well, she says, men are essential for procreation, and when it comes to pleasure, unnecessary. Unnecessary. (laughs) That scene, improvised. Was it really? Yes. She's brilliant. She's amazing. I get distracted by her often in this movie. And you know what? You're supposed to. Yeah. That's that's a whole big part of it. Is she's distracting? Very, she's terrific. Okay, this is something we haven't discussed yet. Okay, and I'm going to throw out a category. All right, I think we need a best actri- actress category. We yeah. were going to do it, but we've never announced we were going to do it. It's pretty Gal much Gadot. Understood, but yes, she definitely deserves a, a nomination. million billion percent. Throwing her out there, nomination for best actress. Crushing it. Yes. Does that mean we also should have a worst actress category for the potties? Probably because we're going to have a worst actor also. All right. Cool. Ben Affleck, we're looking at you, bud. Oh. <laughs> After this this boat thing, they're gonna go to the German Army place. I don't know what it is. Yeah, Ludendorff arrives, and and he's it's some kind he's of angry. facility. He's angry. It's a facility where where they're making poison,
1: I guess. But he shoots
0: his own dude. He shoots for subordinate reasons. just because. Because again, he explains this whole thing to him, and he, and you imagine like he's he wants this guy to tell the other troops, but no, he just no. shoots him. Correct. So, nobody gets that message. Yeah, and he meets up with Dr. Poison, and she says that she's ruined, more or less. She's going like, to have It's like a book. Harry Osborne thing. Yeah. Like, you're not <laughs> ruined. You're not ruined. <laughs> you're not ruined. You, you... <laughs> You've come up with gases that are very deadly so far. Just yeah. tweak. I don't know. It's like, you don't have your book, but. Yeah. And Ludendorff says, it's like, I believe in you, not your book. Yeah, and she gives him, she came up with another gas instead. She gives it that. I'm just going to assume it's Hulk serum. It, it's, uh... do you remember in Arrow, uh, the, the Mirakiru? Barely, same, barely, but it's pretty much that. There's okay. a there's a DC character called Hourman. What a name! Which is surprising because time doesn't matter in Correct. superhero land. It's an ironic name, but I guess his power is based on a pill. It's called like Miracle or something like that. Okay, I I very briefly looked at it, and and it's believed that it's like an early form of that. Basically, he snorts this blue pill, and so this he, is like deep universe cut. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very deep. Super fans are they going to get it? Maybe. Oh boy. Okay. Maybe. Too deep. It's very deep. Okay. Either way, he hulks up on it. He does. For some reason, Dr. Poison gets the recipe for this death gas just yeah. put in her hand. Yeah. As Ludendorff is crushing a gun with his bare hands. Yeah, that's awesome. It's this so cool. A little breeze blows by and she picks up this already crumpled piece of paper that she presumably just, wrote down. Yeah. Apparently, it happens to be the one thing she's yeah, missing. And she briefly monologues I've got it. and It's going to be terrible. terrible. I don't I don't know what happened with that scene. Well uh, that scene took me right right out for it was a moment. Yeah. Luckily we go to London. London. Foggy London. Town. Jolly old London town. Steve got the boat towed in by a tugboat. It's a good touch. Yeah. I like that. And uh London sure is smoggy. Sure is. I like that uh <laughs> when Diana wakes up, he's like, Welcome to Jolly Old London. And she says, It's hideous. Yeah, it's says, not for everybody. Well, it's not for everyone. <laughs> And then you get your requisite scenes of Diana being amazed and confused by 1918 technology and societal norms. Yeah. And a baby. And a baby. But I also like she sees a couple holding hands and she asks what they're doing. Right. And I like this whole exchange about holding hands. Oh, yeah. How Steve says like, oh, well, they're together. And then she holds Steve's hand. Steve Steve pulls away. Not together like that. Steve pulls away. And that is super, super important. Right. Because we deal with a ton of just horny dudes on this show. Oh, yeah. We have an award named after horny dudes and creeps and all this stuff. We sure do. Steve. Steve is not eligible for that award. Well, no. He is terrific. He's If you were dressed in black, he'd be the Blue Boy Scout. Yeah. Man. Who knew? He says, we got to get Diana some clothes. They go to the store of sorts. Yeah. The, we need to get you some real clothes. And then we get to meet Etta Candy. Yeah. It's a secretary, Steve's secretary, because apparently, surprise of secretary. Spies have secretary. She's wonderful. She's terrific. Oh. Um, oh, yeah, and Diana's, what's a secretary? And Etta explains what she does, and Diana says, where I come from, it's called slavery. Yep. And Etta's like, oh, I like her. Yeah. <laughs> Diana looks ridiculous trying on these modern clothes. Oh, yeah. She knows that she looks ridiculous. She asks, how are women supposed to fight in these? <laughs> yeah. The cool how line. How am supposed to fight in this? Steve says that, well, she comes out in this one really tight gray kind of suit Yeah. type thing with a hat. Yeah. And Steve says that the whole point of doing this was to make her less distracting, yeah. And then he puts these glasses on her and somehow she got 10 times hotter. <laughs> yeah. And and Etta says, "Really? Specs?" and suddenly she's not the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. I yeah. love Etta. And yeah, I'm going to put great. out a Keepy nomination. All right. It's actually I believe it's a new car- a new category. Okay. I nominate Etta Candy for best snarky side character, joining the likes of Alfred Pennyworth and Bernard Houseman and Marty Eisenberg.
1: We got a lot.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good category. Snarky side characters. I like it a lot. I like it a whole lot. Pepper I, Pepper Potts? Pepper Potts is, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, after we finish our 1918 version of the 80s trying on clothes in a mall montage, we're going to. It's not so much like Encino Man. It's the Mascara Man woman. <laughs> the Mascara woman. The Mascaro. <laughs> not starring Brendan Fraser. Funny, you should say Brendan Fraser. No, I'm just kidding. Imagine he was going to cast this Wonder Woman. <laughs> Diana is walking around in normal clothes, but she still has a sword and shield. And it's she awesome. has she has such a hard time with this revolving door. Yeah, cool little touch. Yeah. I get it. It's your girl doesn't know what she's doing. Montage here with the right your person who's never been in this world type thing. It's great. It's great. She gives the sword and shield to Edda. Says defend these with your life. She's like yeah sure yeah okay. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. <laughs> And now they're in the streets of London town. And random people are watching them. They're possibly being followed. They're definitely possibly. being they're followed. De- they go into an alley. They're being followed. There's a gun pulled on them. The way the gun is pulled is exactly like Superman. It's like the exact same thing. And plan. I loved yep. it. I was like, look at that callback. Yep. I like it a whole lot. Oh, I loved it. So they're getting mugged. Yeah. And these bad guys ask the question of, we want that notebook. Yeah, That's what they wanted. Right. And then he just, he just fires the gun. There's <laughs> no warning to that at all. And Diana just blocks with the wrist with the wrist cuff it's awesome the cuff my thing so awesome steve catches the hot bullet and he's yeah. always playing hot bullet potato with hot. that thing <laughs> <laughs> hmm i'll take one hot bullet potato yeah and then it's time for diana to kick ass again yes she is surrounded by these guys at point blank range blocking every bullet with the wrist With their wrist cuffs holy shit that's cool it's awesome she blocks every single one she beats up these germans not she, one she, one escapes and Etta Candy's there with the sword saying, oh, where yeah. do you think you're going? Great. I love Etta. But then that guy's just going to... No, Diana laughs him. He's going to take cyanide and die. He is. So. Even though 1918. She asked 18, it? 1918, yeah. probably, probably not actually taking cyanide. But yeah. You know. Well, they said they said the word cyanide. They said it. They said it. But. Diana decides she's going to get involved in politics or whatever we go to next. It's some sort of meeting. Yeah. And she walks in. She's only woman. And that's an issue. The, because now these folks are... Some sort of are, council chamber. Yeah. In yeah. What I imagine is Parliament. I imagine Sir Patrick Morgan. Sir Patrick Morgan, played by David Thewlis. Harry Potter's David Thewlis. Oh. Oh, you you don't know? I don't. Why? On account of not having seen much of the Harry Potter movies? Stay tuned. Mm. Stay tuned. Mm. <laughs> Kicking and screaming, I wouldn't fight that. Are you? We'll see. We're taking off the cape putting on our robes. Robed podcasters. Ooh. There you go little mini-series. little diversion. Caped spellcasters? Oh, that's even better. Is it? I don't know. They are both They both have their merits. All right. Colonel Darnell is not happy with Steve for bringing a woman into the council chambers. No, and he pulls her out of there apologizing. He apologizes a lot. Yeah. He's Canadian in my mind. He did pretty Canadian. <laughs> not very American. No. Very apologetic. Yes. Uh, Diana asks, why do they not let him speak? He's talking about peace. They're talking about Sir Patrick Morgan, talking right. about that. Diana introduces herself as Diana, princess of and... Steve stops Cots her off. and says, Diana Prince. Diana Prince. <laughs> and this whole time, Steve's just trying to deliver this notebook. Correct.
1: Like, that's all it's he's trying to do. It's a real simple
0: errand. Like, all I want to do is drop this off. You guys look at this. This could turn the tide of the war. Could. They're talking about an armistice. And he's like, I'm telling you, the Germans got something. They got something. I don't know what it is. It's you reading literally... this funky language here. Ba, 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 ba. And then they go to this other briefing room again as they're discussing more war things. Right. And Diana says, I can read that. Yeah. You got it's, it. It's Ottoman and Sumerian. Sure. That's yeah. simple. No problem. I just, I don't understand. They sent this guy over to Germany to spy, and he comes back saying they've got a weapon that they can use it, and it'll turn the and war in their favor, over. and they're like, ah, armistice, don't even, blah, blah, blah. You silly American with your hot dogs and Base, baseball. Your balls, bases, I don't know. Your... <laughs> you and your model T's. Yeah, huh, see? <laughs> We can't do that again. <laughs> that was a fun bit. <laughs> uh, Field Marshal Douglas Haig, also a real person, tries to dismiss her from the room. Why are there so many real people? I guess they wanted to be semi-historically accurate. Okay. Which, good for them. I actually read an article that was a person who went to see this movie as a fan of World War One history and not so much a superhero fan. And they were very impressed by how historically accurate a lot of this movie is between using mustard gas for warfare and the people in the movie and the armistice and all that. I wonder how historically accurate this compares to something like Captain America, the first one. It's funny you bring that up because the two movies are extremely similar. They're very similar. Very similar shot, too, yeah. which I very much appreciated. But uh, I'll I'll explain the ways they're similar after. Sounds good. Anyway, Field Marshal Douglas Haig tries to dismiss her from the room, but they're like, well, if she can read it, we might as well let her, let re- her tell read us it. what it says. Yeah, yeah. So she explains that it's a formula for a new kind of mustard gas. It's hydrogen based rather than sulfur. So it'll render gas masks useless. Yeah. And Steve's like, hey, we should probably send somebody over there. That's going to kill people on both sides. Yeah. To which that general fellow says, so soldiers do. They die. Yeah. And that really ticks off Diana. Diana flips Whoa. out it. She says, where I come from, generals don't hide in their offices like cowards. They fight. Diana's so awesome. <laughs> She's a wonderful woman. I want to throw out a new category. Oh, wow. We're getting a lot of nominations we tonight. We are, because we're getting close to the KPs and potties. That's true. It's the weekend leading up to the Oscars. Congratulations, Black Panther. Oh, yeah. Congratulations, the Spider-Man Incredibles. Into the Spider-Verse and Incredibles 2. We got some capes that are getting some nominations. Yeah, three superhero movies with nominations. Black Panther cleaned up in nominations. Seven. Seven nominations. That's impressive. Yeah. And that's one of them, awesome. Kendrick Lamar was one of those Crazy, nominations. right? That's awesome. But I'm throwing out a nomination. Do you think this might be a backlash against uh, hashtag Oscar so white? No. I agree that it's not. Because I think they addressed that with Moonlight. Yeah. And I think they addressed that with Jordan Peele. I think that they very much leveled out. Cause yeah, it was so white, and now it's and now yeah, it's and very. I'm not gonna call it very fair, but it's getting no, more but fair. It's more fair. And if you look at it, like you have Black Klan's been nominated, you have Spike that's Lee true. getting finally his due. Yeah, this is terrific. It's, it's I think good Barry to see. Jenkins got a little bone this year with if Beale Street can talk, but you know what? It's what are you gonna do? They got a Best Actress nominee out of it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, back to superheroes. S- superhero movie. I want to throw in a nomination. I want to okay. throw in a category something we've never discussed before. Okay, Best Hero. Best hero. We talk about a lot of heroes on this show, as we, we should. Sure it's a do. superhero show. Best hero, Best throwing out hero. Diana. That's that's a good pick. Obviously, Spider Man's going to be in there. Obviously, Superman's going to be there. You're really going to get a hero. They're all going to be nominated when Yeah. it comes to except the Incredible Hulk. They're all going to be nominated. And Daredevil. And Starkid. But still, Spencer, not a hero. I mean, and I think Bullet. we just named our three nominations for worst hero. I think we just did it. <laughs> there you go. We got some potties too. You're welcome. Wow. Gonna be a buck wild show. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be
1: it's gonna be nuts.
0: They leave that briefing room. Diana gets really pissed off at Steve for not oh, standing yeah. on his ground. Steve says, They're still going, they're going to the front. He's like, We're going anyway. She says, You lied? And he's like, I'm a spy. That's what I do. Yeah. And she wants to know how he's telling the truth. He grabs the lasso of truth and says it. Wraps it around how his arm. Cool is that. That's that's oh man. And then as soon as he says it, he's like, Oh, this is a terrible idea. We're gonna die. <laughs> this is a terrible idea. <laughs> I love that. We're going to need reinforcements. Very human of him. He goes to get reinforcements and we meet Samir. We meet Samir. He's running a Nigerian prince scam. Yeah, he is. I love Doesn't it. Doesn't need the internet. He figured out a way to do it. IRL. Amazing. Yeah. I love Samir. Pretty great. He can speak a lot of different languages. I like that. Yes. Him and Diana are just exchanging language. They like have a, language a off. conversation in languages. Yeah. And eventually, ancient Greek was the one that got him, I think. He's like, uh, I Steve love said... <laughs> I love Steve's reaction. Oh, you're done? Oh, you're done? <laughs> Oh, is it over? Yep. Then we meet Charlie. Charlie. Played by Ewan Bremner. Charlie's in a fight. Of course. Diana mistakes him for the man who's winning the fight. Not not great. He's an expert marksman, though. He is. And he's so Scottish. Straight out of train spotting. Oh, man. Legitimately. Legitimately. (laughs) So So basically, Steve starts pitching them this idea to go to the front lines of the war. Doesn't have any money. He he has nothing to pay him. Nothing. Nothing at all. It'll be fun, guys. Lucky for him. Lucky for him. Sir Patrick shows up. Sir Patrick. With that envelope full of money. And Etta. And Etta throws it on the table. How does Etta always know where where Steve is? She's a good secretary. How often do spies check in with their secretaries? Do you want me to answer that in the real way? Yeah. I know it's not his official secretary, but James Bond checks him a money penny in 24 movies. Worth of checking in. Where was I? Uh, Sir Patrick. Yeah, he throws just an envelope of money just on the table. Yeah. says, I want help. I'm not young enough to fight, I guess. Right. So here you go. And they got the envelope money and said, hey, off we go. Yeah. Well, the guy that Charlie was fighting comes back, and this is where Diana earns her credibility. Yeah, she throws him across the bar. And uh, Samir says, I am both frightened and aroused. Samir's great. He's great. Samir's terrific. He's the only one who's, like, really smitten with Diana. I think he's he's Or he's the one who's most upfront about it. Yeah, he's definitely smitten with her, but it's not in an overly creepy way right, at right. all. It's kind of in- I mean, he's going to ask for a picture of her later. Right. And that's kind of creepy, but A little it's, little bit, but but it's but she kinda smirks at it like She's ah. like, You won't need it, I'm going with you. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. This movie's tone is just everything I want. Yeah. For this. Yeah. It is so good. Sorry. Sorry to gush. We're gonna keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Keep Steve's going. plan is to find out if there's another weapons facility, and if there is, destroy it along with Ludendorff and Dr. Maru. And you wonder how they're gonna start solving this problem? How's that? Getting ice cream. Getting ice cream. Diana loves her ice cream. Oh, you should be very proud. I love how she says that. <laughs> that is pulled right from the comics. Is it really? Yep. I've never read Wonder Woman. Uh, me either. I I, just, I've just i actually never really read DC, tell you the truth. I just know that she literally says that to an ice cream vendor in the comics somewhere. Very cool. Let's go to war. Yeah, you start seeing all these soldiers off to war, and you yeah, start seeing the injured soldiers coming back. Diana's, Diana's starting Diana's to really again, see the, the seeing it, But I don't know how much she's taking in. I right. feel like the digestion of it is, it's kind of surface level at this point. I don't think it's really sinking in because she still yeah. has her... She's hellbent on going to war. Right, right. Still. And I feel like that's one of the things that, in terms of motivation, that never goes away in this movie. So as Diana's seeing all these injured soldiers kind of coming back, she asks, like, what kind of weapons kills the innocent? Steve goes, in this war, everything. I like how he's trying to put war right. into some scope for her. She knows war as a concept. She doesn't know it as a reality. Right. She knows it from, the from bedtime stories. That's the whole movie. We go to a German bunker. We go to a German bunker. Ludendorff, not looking like a happy camper. No, he's a very angry camper. <laughs> the angriest camper. The council is negotiating the terms of the armistice. Von Hindenburg, another real German, he's like, we're doing this. So obviously we, they don't trust Ludendorff's new gas thing. They don't trust Dr. Doc- Poison either. Right. The witch, as they call it. The witch. But yeah, Von Hindenburg, real German, lived till 1934. So what happens now isn't totally mm-hmm. accurate, but... That's fine. But it's fine. Totally fine. Because what's not accurate about his death in this movie is that Dr. Poison's going to run in and throw a gas grenade. Some sort of gas grenade. Uh, in there. And then Ludendorff throws in a gas mask for kicks. Yeah. To which Dr. Poison says, that's, that's not, not going to help. And he says, they don't know that. They don't know that. <laughs> and then they evil cackle. Yeah, of course. And, uh, and then she watches the destruction and just accepts it. Yeah. Ludendorff snorts up another one of his super pills. and Holds, holds up. Holds the door. And, yeah. And they peace out. Yeah. I shouldn't say they peace out. They don't peace out. They, they wore, wore out. out. We get back to the gang, and they're at this campsite now. Yeah, they're in meeting, the middle of the woods. meeting up with their smuggler friend. I guess. Chief. That's they just, right. They just call him Chief. That's it. He's a Native American man. Charlie lifts up his kilt over the fire, and he he kind of- uh, Warms his cockles. He warms his chestnuts on an open yeah, fire. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> we could have done this for a Christmas movie. Yeah. Just from that one scene. Chestnuts roasting. Chief introduces himself to Diana in his own language, which is uh, Blackfoot. Okay. and he She and, understands it. And she understands him. Which is awesome, which is because she knows hundreds of languages. Yeah, who knew she knew Native American languages? Sure. What made him introduce himself that way? I don't know. Is the real like what? That's a really good question. Yeah, unless he did it just to kind of say like this is me. Yeah, which is totally which is fine and acceptable, right? But when she answered back, he kind of went like, "All right, yeah, like a smart." He and introduces everything. himself as Nappy. Okay, which is a old Blackfoot trickster demigod. Okay, which is an interesting little note. Yeah, they have a, a little toast they do that's. Amazing, may we get what we want, may we get what we need, but may we never get what we deserve. I like it a lot. It's so good. Like it a whole lot. I can't tell if they're getting their guns for, from Chief or if they're bringing guns I'm to not Chief to sure. smuggle. I know that the beer and the tea and the books they're bringing to Chief, so he can do smuggle them. Yeah, he'll do his and, and war profiteer as he sure. as he does. But I'm not sure if they're giving or getting the guns from him. Right. I think they're getting them from him. That's right. I think it's a trade. Diana has the conversation with Chief about the strange thunder, right? Yes. So she says, Oh, it's strange thunder. She hears it in the background, the rumbling, and he says, It's German tanks. Yeah. They're I mean, very close to the front. They're line. very close when you think about like when you hear that, it's yeah. wild. She questions what he's doing there. And he says, There's no better place to be than in a war where you don't take a side. Yeah. There I, he is. I That's guess. your character motivation right there. He Again, says, nothing to lose. Yeah, he has nowhere else to be. 'Cause the last war he fought, he had nothing left. And at least there he's free. Right. And Diana asks, Who took that from his people? And he just kinda glances over at Steve and says, His people. Yeah. Which is History. And it's also giving Diana a look at, Okay, they're not all perfect. No, like it's that's not exactly it's it. not as cut and dry as these are the good guys and these are the bad guys. That's exactly it. and that comes up again much later, but yeah, it's terrific. Charlie's gonna wake up like Wolverine freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. They say he, he sees goats. That's fine. I'm he kidding. sees ghosts. Whatever. Or goats. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if he, he sees goats. Imagine that. That's what Diana saw. He made her turn the other way. Or yeah. it was a ram or whatever. Or whatever. Random animals everywhere. That's exactly it. <laughs> uh, the next morning, they, they kind of trudge through their mud on the way to war. Yeah, they get to that foxhole. And they get to that foxhole. They're at the front. Diana's very confused about where the Germans are because I think she was expecting hand-to-hand combat. Diana doesn't understand how modern warfare works. But I like the look on her face. Because the look on her face says, it's time to kick some ass. Yeah. But this whole time, Steve has been, we to He's need trying to, keep to explain going. the we seriousness keep of war. He, he, Steve understands what's happening. Right. He's like, yes, there are people all around us dying, but we have places we need to get to. Correct. And it's, it's a hard pill for Diana to swallow. She can't swallow it because she's like, just, she knows that they're, the bad guys just over that, that ridge there. Right. And she's going to go get him. Yeah, she is. It's time. It's time. It is time. One hour, 14 minutes, 43 seconds. Wonder Woman's here. Wonder Woman is here. Patty Jenkins had to fight to keep this scene. You're kidding me. Yeah. This is probably the most powerful scene in this movie. In the entire movie. And it's one of the strongest second acts in any movie in a long time. Oh, man. She had to fight to keep this scene because the executives didn't understand. She's not fighting an, like a villain in this scene. Right. No, it's it's character development. It's yeah, her this is big time taking character Taking a stand. It's Steve taking a back seat for once. It's there's a lot of stuff happening in this scene. Yeah, this was. I thought this was one of the more important scenes. And this scene also was like the cartilage Rupert fucking Gregson Williams happening. Yeah, he's crushing it. Side note. Yeah, Hans fucking Zimmer gets some credit here. Why? Well, you know how we we briefly mentioned earlier that Wonder Woman was introduced in Batman vs Superman, right? Well, Hans Zimmer did the score for Batman vs. Superman. Did he have like a motif that he threw in? He in? had a motif for Wonder Woman. Okay. And it is heavily sampled in Rupert fucking Gregory w- Gregson Wilson. Go on. It's heavily you can do it. sampled in Rupert fucking Gregson Williams' score. Yeah. And it's that hook. The one that gets stuck in your head. That the guitar? Oh, fuck Yeah, it's that's terrific. That's Hans. It's so good. So Hans it's Zimmer so good. gets some credit here. Not to take anything from Rupert fucking. Not to take anything from Rupert Gregson Williams. Oh, don't bother restarting next time. I'm gonna leave it all in. No, oh, excellent. <laughs> excellent. Wonder I was gonna just charge through no man's land. Charge. I want to talk about her suit for a second. Let's talk about the suit. I think I'm gonna have to throw out another capy oh, wow. category. Well, I think of best. Suit. I think we actually got this in the email last week as a suggested category. Did Steven suggest it? I believe it was Steven. And I didn't listen. Said the category should be- <laughs> Number one super cool. fan Steven, shout out. Best costume. Yep. Super sidekick. Sorry. About <laughs> Best costume. Throwing it out here. Yeah. This costume is so, so good. It is. For a million different reasons. How it has the colors of the classic Wonder Woman look. Mm-hmm. It is equally revealing, but not overly sexual. Right. And that's the thing I appreciate most about this this suit. Gal Gadot is one of the most beautiful women in the world. I'm not going to hide that at all. The suit, she doesn't need the favors done to her. The suit's not doing any favors to her in not a bad way at all. And it's still utilitarian. Yeah, Yeah, completely. Yeah. Like, she looks amazing in it, but it's not doing what every movie we've seen do so far. It's not like the tight leather that Michelle Pfeiffer wore or something like that. You're not. Overly sexualizing a woman for once. It's less sexualized than Elastigirl. Correct. Which is crazy, because that's a Disney movie. Yeah. With suicides and guns. It's CGI it's Disney wild. movie. That movie's it's wild when you think about it. More <laughs> sexualized than Wonder Woman. This suit's perfect. It's amazing. Yeah, this is going to be one of my favorites. Letting you know that right away. That's, I will fight for this one. That's fair. That is fair. Uh, yeah, basically, Steve explains what No Man's Land is. She doesn't listen. No. She's, she's going for well, it. Well, you know what? They didn't say it was no woman's land. Correct. Mm. I don't know how to word this because Brian, uh, there's a there's a series of movies that, you, that are out there. This score sounds similar to at some points. It's called, uh, oh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of, the... mm. you know, you're familiar with it. I've, I've heard, heard I've or seen, heard of it. Have I've, you... s- I've seen the first Lord of the Rings movie. So in the third one, there's something interesting that happens that made me I think doubt of this it, movie. But okay, that made me think of this movie a lot. How no man can kill. This beast, and she says, "I am no man." That's sure. what this made me think of. Well, earlier in the movie, so, Diana also says, "Steve says we will bring this to the men who can do something," and she says, "I am the man." She's the she's crazy. She's the absolute she's best. She's so good. So basically, she's gonna march across no man's land, deflecting bullets with her with a cuffs and like a shield, like she it's takes her a Gatling job. gun. A Gatling gun can't go through the shield. She's deflecting thousands of bullets. It's unreal. And while this is happening, the gang charges, and then the rest of the allies charge. She's taking all fire. Let's go. She's the best. And they take it. They take it. They take that foxhole, and she's screwing up everybody. It's the best. Then there's this town that they go to next. It's next on their list. They're somewhere behind enemy lines and I guess, Belgium. I think they said it was Veld. Was that the town? Veld, yes. So they take that. She's just gonna run through and kick everyone's ass again. Oh my God, she's jumping through buildings. She does this awesome Spartan kick on a table. Yeah, she knees a guy out a window. Oh, it's so good. It's the and you get that you best. get those those Zack Snyder three hundred slow mo. You do, you do, what you do. It's fine. It's, it's almost egregious, but it's still yeah, so cool. It is because then she uses the lasso and just screws up everyone oh, with yeah. the lasso. The and lasso. Then there's a sniper. There's a sniper. There's a sniper. And and this is why Charlie's here. This is why Charlie's here. Charlie can't, Charlie do it. can't take He can't shot. do it. He can't, can't do, do it. it. But Steve finds a piece of metal in the middle of, of the square, this town square that's there. It's some giant piece of square. They scrap hold metal. it above him and he yells, shield! Shield! And she comes, alley-oop, and she doesn't just... She doesn't just, just take out the sniper. No, she destroys the building. That's amazing. Oh, God. God, it's so good. Yeah. It's so, they so launch good. They to the bell tower. <laughs> she takes down the whole thing, presumably the sniper inside as well. We're going to assume. And then she pops up and everyone's just applauding. And people cheer. It was the best. The inhabitants of Veld are like, yay. And then they pose for a picture. They do. And she's shaking hands with all these people. And she's just very humble about it. She doesn't yeah. know why they're uh, like Right. She's like, I was for just it. doing what I was supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And this is going There's of- women trying to pay Chief and he's like, No, no, no. Which is crazy for a smuggler, huh? Right. He's so, so even Chief is like, Something's happening here. Yeah. I think they all kinda of realize what's really at stake here. Yeah, yeah. Well, Which I mean, is once great. you start seeing a woman jump through walls and take out an entire army You're feeling pretty confident. You're like, you know what? I guess we got this. <laughs> Diana says to Samir in conversation, she's like, For all this talk of shooting, Charlie couldn't even shoot. And then Samir says, Not everyone gets to be what they want to be. Me? I'm an actor. I love acting. I didn't want to be a soldier, but I'm the wrong color. Everyone is fighting their own battles. I think that's the most important line of this movie. I think so, I wrote too. it down, too. Yeah. So. Everyone is fighting their own battles. That's exactly it. These humans are flawed. Very, but at the same time, Diana, so are you. Yeah. So it's nice. Yeah. It's very nice. Steve makes a phone call to Etta. Yeah. And tells her they're in Veld. They took Veld. And she's like, oh, you're super close to the German high command, which is where they're going to be tomorrow for this gala. How does she know that? Well, she was got there intelligence that she, was She about got there? intel, yeah. Okay. Because she's sharing an office with Sir Patrick. Sure. So Sir Patrick overhears this and he comes over the phone. And he says, "Hey, under no circumstance are you to go to that gala because he doesn't want them to compromise the armistice." Correct. But Steve is like, "There won't be a peace treaty if Ludendorff bombs the front line." Right. And that's when Diana's like, "Oh, I think Ludendorff is Ares, Aries, which makes so much sense. Makes a ton of sense. It's the way they're setting everything up. Yeah, I mean, totally got, agree. He's got that super strength from the pills. Yeah, he seems like he's the guy. I do you suppose if he was a god, he wouldn't need the pills to get super strength? I mean, I. But I think I get where you're going at. The first time he takes it, Doctor Maris says this is to restore your strength. So right, 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 right. It, there's still a. You're like, oh maybe okay. word restore. That's the key one. And Steve pulls the oh no, I'm headed into a tunnel thing. Yep, <laughs> the 1918 version <laughs> of before it before they have cell phones. <laughs> And hangs up on Sir Patrick, and then Sir Patrick asks Eda, "How likely is he to respect my wishes?" And she says, "Oh, not very likely, to no. be honest." No, no, no. no. I like how this whole town's celebrating. Yes. After a night, and they're it's all just dancing, dancing, dancing in the streets and singing. They're Charlie's singing beers. In the pian- Charlie singing in the piano. Charlie singing at the piano and singing like yeah. doing that. And- a song that won't come out for a few more years. But yeah. so, oh, oh well. <laughs> Steve says he hasn't heard Charlie singing years. Right. I don't know why Charlie's happy he couldn't take the shot, but I appreciate. But it. But it all worked out. Correct. He didn't have to take the shot, and I think that's what he's happy. I think about. that's the key part there. He's going to teach Diana how to dance. Yeah. Cool. And he's like, you did this. And she's like, we did. Of course she is. Of course. She's very humble. She's very humble about it. They start dancing and they're just swaying and she's convinced that no one knows how to dance. Yeah. Yeah. He's Fine. like, do you I'm have, really happy that you're dancing go on Paradise Island? She's like, yeah, we dance, but these people are just swaying. Paradise Island is actually the original name of Themiscara in the comics. Okay. Uh, from the 40s and even in the 70s TV show. It wasn't until the 80s that they, they gave it a, a formal Greek name. So that's a little wink ding. Sure. I'll say. Of course, it's going to snow as they're dancing because well, yeah. why wouldn't it? Of course. I still can't get over how little sexual tension there is. There is none here once again. She There's says, none. you're very close. And he that's says, the only line? That's the point. It said that's the point? That's it. And it was dropped. Right. And then they got back to talking. They're just it's... two human beings in this world. It's a very peaceful scene. Then after they go to a bedroom... And never mind, it's gone. It's got your to the, <laughs> oh, the yeah. roof, and you have just two hotties just about to go to bone yeah. down. S- that's it. Steve walks her to her room, and then he doesn't leave. Nope. He and, stays. Uh, he closes that door, and you know, Welcome to the bone zone. That's exactly it. She would break him. Well, here's the thing. She would break him. Here's the thing. Yeah. He's not necessary for pleasure, remember? Correct. No pressure. None. That's the dream. Well, Stears- no, 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 no. <sighs> He's under immense pressure. Are Why? you getting? He's not necessary for pleasure. He's not necessary, but. He's just there for reproducing, he, according to what they discussed. You, you don't think he's gonna give it his best shot? He's going to give it. He's doing a god. He's gonna give it his best shot. <laughs> and the uh, there's an alternate take of the of the boat scene, okay, where she talks about the the twelve books of Cleo or whatever. Sure. And he says, "Oh, you should read number 13. <laughs> and that's the beauty of improv. <laughs> he. I remember in the boat scene. He also asked, like, "Did you bring them with you?" Or something oh, yeah, did like you bring that. Him with him? And it's like a She's real like you weird wouldn't like them throw away. Yeah. So. <laughs> You should read book 13. Yeah, they bone down. We don't see it. <laughs> yeah, fine. we don't. You don't see it. And thank God. Yeah. Yeah. And they, all they do is they cut to the outside, the lights on. And that's then exactly. That's it. the end of the he scene. He should be a it's broken man. Not only is he doing Wonder Woman, done. who we just watched knee a building to death, but yeah. he's also doing an Amazon. And Futurama has taught us anything. They love the snoo snoo. snoo snoo. Just broken pelvises. It's death by snoo snoo. Uh, poor Steve Trevor, man. He's, he's a dead man walking. That poor guy. <laughs> that. Poor, unfortunate That's, Steve. Poor, unfortunate uh, soul, Steve Trevor. Uh, my heart goes out to him, to be to be honest. Man. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to be in that situation. He's like a modern-day Jesus. He died for us. <sighs> you know, he didn't even give me a chance. That's true. He probably <laughs> wants to be a modern-day Jesus. <laughs> he didn't have to die for me. Could have died on my own. The next day, Steve's telling the boys that uh, he said the job was only two days, so they're free to go if they want yeah. to. And they're like, no, we're gonna we're gonna stay because uh, she's a badass. Yeah. He's like, we're not worried about her, but we don't know if you can make it on your they own. They said they're out of money, and he said, maybe I paid enough. We got paid enough, though. So. Exactly. Charlie's like, yeah, you know what? I, I think I'll go. And then Diana's like, but who will sing? That's enough. That's enough. And to apparently, apparently back that's in. all it takes. Yep. To, to get this guy who's petrified of everything to continue on a death mission. The gang's gonna leave town. They're gonna go to this high command castle. Or yeah, they're gonna whatever they're it is. They're gonna horse around in the woods. Yep. And then they're gonna steal a car. Yeah. Because there's just a bunch of them sitting around. The chief just takes it. And then Samir and Steve kind of- They just, act. They act their way in. Because Samir wants to be an actor. And, and he did it. And he does an excellent job. Does an excellent job. He he goes up and he makes that- that, that I lost that the invitation German story. soldier looking for the invitation so uncomfortable. Yep. He's like, just go just, just go. just go, just go. Just go. And Steve has a, a damn good German accent. He does. Which I would hope he's a spy. He should do a good German accent. Yeah. And then lots of cars arrive because it's a gala. It's a gala. Of sorts. Right. And I like how Diana sizes up that one guest- just stands next yes. to her and sizes her so up. What are you doing? It's terrific. You uh, don't see anything after that. It's kind of just right. to You're put just, it to your imagination. You, you, you we didn't need to. See she knocks it. around and takes the dress. Really good. Um the that gal guest is actually credited as Fausta Grables, who is a Swiss Nazi villain from the comics. Okay. So at least she didn't knock out a good guy. A good little wink. Yeah. Ding. I like it. Steve starts flirting with Dr. Poison in this. This uh, is the yeah. most tension of the sexual nature that is in this movie. Probably it's only one sided. (laughs) Yeah, she's not really having any of it,
1: or she's briefly having any of it. It's hard to say. I
0: don't know, because because she is like at first she's like, "All right, buddy, what do you what do you? No, thank you. I'm good." But he keeps going and laying yeah. it on thick. He's laying it on very thick. And, and then she's, she's all like, you see these upper lips? You see the downer lips. And then she's just done, doesn't want any part of it. And he goes, hey, man, I like looking at fire. And she goes, there's a fire down below. And then she's not anymore when Diana walks Diana in. Diana walks in, the in. And then, yeah, it's a disaster Steve for Steve. older. Steve told her, don't come in. You're too distracting. And yeah. what happens? She walks in. She's he gets distracted. And as soon as he looks up, Dr. Mera's like, yeah, that's, that's what I thought. You, yeah. you jerk. That's it. Ludendorff steals a dance from Diana who's got the sword tucked in her oh home. my god oh, the back, of the back of the dress yeah, it's so good but yeah he he just dances her and she's like he's like are you enjoying the party she's like I'm going to be honest I don't even know what we're celebrating and he said oh the vi- victory victory yeah what she starts talking about gods he says you know nothing about you the gods you know nothing of the gods hey another he says it another a, big one to a god yeah <laughs> Yeah. We don't know that yet. Still, that's a big one of, hey, yeah. that, that dude's Ares. Oh, yeah. You know nothing of the gods. Oh, well, this has got to be Ares. She goes to strike him right there in the middle of the. Steve won't let her. Steve grabs her hand. She's like, hey. Yeah. So instead, she has to charge through this path in the party. It's a path in the party it, there's where a path she in can the just party. go right through, no problem at all. Yeah. Steve's chasing her, and he's not chasing her very hard. He's not running very fast at all. No. So this woman in a dress, Ludendorff fires the cannon. Yeah. And it's fires a, the missile it's a big old gas bomb and does I'm uncertain on whether or not this lands on Veld, Veld or I not. thought it was Veld it seemed like it was Veld because yeah. of Diana's reaction yeah and when she Diana's walks right into this gas because she goes to find out what's yeah. where it is and, and she just walks right into it she's immune to it thank god it helped it helped a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> everything is orange everybody's dead yeah and I actually got a little upset about this scene because I thought it was a missed opportunity okay where I almost wanted a kind of Schindler's List girl in a red dress type scenario of maybe they should have shown something to connect her to this town the night before while she was there, yeah, and then show that that's true the next day to kind of then there would be no question about whether it would be no question about it at all. But be the more emotional, emotional impact yeah. would just be a punch in the face. But maybe maybe it would have been too much, too much of a punch in the face. But I thought that it could have used something, something else to connect it. Just yeah, something else. Yeah, that's fair. Diana blames Steve for stopping her, and yeah. now the whole village is dead. And that's I, pretty heavy. It's heavy, but I don't know that she's wrong. She's not wrong. I don't think she's wrong. Unless they were going to launch that Steve's anyway. On a, I don't know what Steve's mission is. That's the whole thing, right? Because Steve, this whole time, has been set out to destroy the bombs and kill Ludendorff and, Right, and, and then he just does her poison, and then he just yeah, and stops he has her. a machine of a woman, and he stops the machine. Maybe, maybe he's thinking of the armistice and how if it had been so public, it might have. That's possible, but. But it's it's clearly, a stretch. It's a big stretch. It's a stretch. The chief apparently went after Ludendorff without oh, us yeah, knowing. Yeah. And we see a smoke signal. No, no, we knew. Do, do we know? I didn't yeah. As it. Steve was chasing down Diana, he said, you guys follow Ludendorff. And he's like, and then, uh, actually, I wrote, Charlie says, how will you know? How will you find us? And the chief just says, I know how. There you go. And it was, I don't know if it's meant to be funny, but it seemed kind of funny. A little funny? I missed it. So chief I hope, was I hope like, it was funny. I know how. So they follow the smoke signals that Chief yeah. lights up to, to lead them to Ludendorff, even though they're they're not really talking. Right. Steve finds a little motorcycle. Yep. And that's how he keeps Andy up wolverine's with And he wolverines that thing, just steals it, just takes off. Yep. I like it. So they get to the German base, and Diana's not playing games anymore. She just charges right in. Yeah, she's not kidding. And she's, she's just, not kidding around knocking around out at Germans. All. And we get some Rupert fucking Gregson Williams. Yep, striking again. Hard. He's, oh, He's man. He's the only thing striking harder is Diana. Yeah. And then she meets up with Ludendorff. In just this In this building. tower. This tower, this wooden tower, or yeah. whatever it is. I don't some know. sort like of lookout tower. tower. Yeah. Or, yeah, Lundorf doesn't ask questions again. Fires a bullet. Fires a gun. Deflects the bullet back at the gun. Into the gun. And it, oh, man. Oh, it's so so good. good. So, so good. But they're going to fight after he sniffs his Hulk serum. Yeah, he's got his magic super pill, and yep. and it's like a real fight. It's a real fight. They needed that. They did need that. Somebody needed- Diana would have just destroyed Somebody needed to this challenge man. Diana at some point. <laughs> I like how he tries to stab Diana with her own sword, and she just catches it. Yeah. She just palms it. It's pretty awesome. And Then he ends up on the roof somehow.
1: Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't know how well, he got on he the ended roof. up
0: there. But he's pretty much cornered himself on the roof. Yes, and Diana's got an easy way to get up on the roofs, and it's just jumping, jumping through ceilings. Yeah, she's. I am Diana of Themyscira, daughter of Hippolyta, queen of the Amazons, and your wrath upon this world is over. And she jumps up through the roof, lassos him, lassos him, throws him up in the air. When she lands, she slams him down. Yep. And then she just stabs him through the chest. She stabs with him a through sword. the chest with the Godkiller. It's awesome. It is awesome. The real Eric Ludendorff died, didn't die until 1937. Didn't Probably didn't die by sword by God either. I don't know. Fair. Okay. But it That's wasn't fair. until 1937. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. But nothing seems different about the war. No, she nothing walks out and starts to kind of like just come down from that high she was in. And then she starts hearing the tanks in the background again. And she's like, they're still fighting. Why are they still fighting? They can stop. He's dead. Yeah. Steve's going to catch up with her. He sees the sword blade through the ceiling. Yeah. From where, oh, it's so good. Maybe it's them. Maybe people aren't always good. Aries or no Aries, maybe it's just who they are. It's a great line because she says, I killed him, Diana stopped. Diana's in denial. She's in big time denial. She was wrong. She's like, my mother was right. The world of men, they don't deserve me. I don't even think it it was that. It's tough. This one's a tricky one because it's either that or she was wrong. Right. I don't know. I'm pretty torn on it. And then after she says that her mother's right and that the men of the world don't deserve her, Steve says, you wish I could tell you it's only one bad guy. Right. Like, something, something right. along those lines. He just wants some help to actually stop the war. Yeah. It's never one bad it's guy. It's not just one guy. I'm pretty torn on it, But Steve says, like, I got to go. Like, we yes. still have a mission to do. Steve's like, I still need to destroy these gas, the gas. bombs. Yeah, there's a they, bunch they, they of gotta them. got to go. And they're on that big gas plane that we just discovered. It's right. a real big plane. Real big plane. But Diana is being pretty stubborn. She won't go with him. So he's like, all right, I got to go. And he leaves. But then Diana hears a noise behind her after Steve leaves. And it's one guy. It's one guy. It's Sir Patrick. It's Sir Patrick. How do you get there? I don't know, but what an unassuming looking, I mean, it's intentional. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this. Sir Patrick's Aries. Sir Patrick is Aries. Let's get that out there right away. Yes. I wrote early on, at, it was a couple scenes, like when he was on the phone with Edda, yeah. I said, all right, I think something's up with Sir Patrick. I don't know what it is. But he seems to be like a double agent okay. of sorts. Well, you were way more in tune to this than I was. Though. I did not know because I was when I found out he was Aries. I was like, "Oh shit!" Oh, I had no suspicion about him at all. I didn't take no. I thought Aries was a, just nothing. I thought Aries was oh, right. her in her own head. Sure, bedtime stories. Yeah, and then when it turned out like no, no, no it's Aries. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like that's that's some real stuff right there. I wasn't ready for that at all. I knew he was a weird guy. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. But that's, you know this what? This is a hell of a twist. That's how you do it. Yeah. This is some vulture stuff right here. Yeah. Where it was in front of your nose the entire the time. The entire time. But there were- And I'll tell you this. You're getting misdirected. You're not even getting misled. You're getting misdirected. On rewatch? Yeah. You pick up more clues and you're like, how did I miss this? Yeah. When she first walks into that that parliament meeting, everybody's up in arms about there being a woman there. He looks scared because he knows she's the god killer. Yeah. Way too close for comfort. And then he kind of brushes it off as, oh, I was surprised to see a woman there too, but... Yeah, that's what it was. But when you rewatch it, you're like, oh, there are so many clues. Yeah. It's played very well. And also, he's just such an unassuming looking guy that you would never expect him to be. He's supposed to be a professor at Hogwarts. The big bad guy. Yeah, third year. Werewolf. I didn't expect this. He's supposed to be a good guy. He gave them money to go stop the bombs. Yeah. Oh, well. I like how Sir Patrick has this ability to just teleport almost yeah kind of just disappear and reappear in random places yeah. diana can't attack him because of that right but when she gets to him she goes around a corner and all of a sudden he's not in the room anymore he's yep. outside it again but when she does get to him she stabs him with the god with killer the god in the killer, hand killer. and the god killer just crumbles it melts away in his palm how do you feel if you find out you have this thing called a god killer and you're going against a god and he just destroys it ask thor I guess so. But, I mean, he openly says, he's like, my dear, it's not the god killer. You, you are. are. Only a god can kill another god. She's like, you're lying. So she wraps him up in the lasso, and she says, I compel you to tell the truth. And he says, I, I am. Diana, in mythology. Yes. Is considered a trigod. Okay. She's the goddess of the hunt, the moon, and nature. Yeah. I don't know how this Diana has anything to do with that. But, it's presumed... Same Diana, not just my name. It has to be presumed. So, I don't know. She's the daughter of Zeus and Hippolyta. Yeah. Is the truth.
1: That's really she it. She wasn't
0: formed from clay. No, 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 no. That's that's exactly it. But, I mean, that's all. She's a triple goddess. So, sh- that makes her three times the goddess. That's the only thing I can really go off of here. I just here think of... it means she has three specialties. She's the goddess of three things. Okay. Maybe it means her focus is split and she's less of a god. I don't know about that. But she's it, pretty powerful. I that, yeah. <laughs> She's pretty powerful. Ares is monologuing. Sure is. Let him. But let him. You know, he's, he's a god. He's earned it. He's a god. I like how he's like manipulating the lasso as as it's around him, and he's like showing her mental images of yeah. what's happening and whatnot. He's like shooting electricity into it, or something. yeah. And we find out that he was the one who gave Doctor Poison the recipe for this death gas, right, right? And everything like that. Speaking of which, she's there. Steve sees her. Yep. The chief goes into the into the bunker, I guess, and finds the plans where the plane's going it's going to London yep at the same time Samir sneaks onto the plane and sees a timer that's set up to all the bombs guess what what's that we're at our final fight we're here we made it's it it's a long one it is very there's long. a lot that's about to happen here this yes. is the final fight is the entire third act of this movie yeah that's crazy that's nuts Starkid had a long final fight and it was the whole third act no mm-hmm. Starkid had a million acts who am I kidding yeah Star but kid just can't. I'm not I'm not going to compare Star kid to Wonder Woman. I Why not? I apologize to everyone in the world for what I just did. Why not? Guys, I have to retire. I fucked up too badly. <laughs> it's Diana versus Ares. Yeah. Basically, Ares tells Diana that he gave mankind the ideas. They destroyed themselves or they launched the wars themselves. It's exactly it. Ares tells Diana that he wants to join forces with her to restore the world to where it was before mankind ruined it. Sure. Diana's like, no. <laughs> yes. And that's when Ares is like, well, I don't want to fight you, but. Kind of forcing my hands. Got to. I have to. And that he goes and he blows up the tower by, I guess, electrocuting the lasso. Yeah. And the whole tower blows. It's very large. explosion. It is neat. I like it a lot. Yeah. Diana goes flying. She hits the ground. Ares lands gently on the ground. He's like, he, I think it was what? a Doctor Strange type float. I, I actually said more Magneto. Okay. He has the it powers of all of the X Men. It was a float. He's got got some storm powers. He's got some Jean Grey. He's got some Magneto. He's outside, so the storm powers are going to come in handy. He's all the X-Men. Okay. His eyes, though, doesn't have laser eyes. Doesn't have laser eyes. Probably could have laser eyes. He might have laser eyes. They just don't touch on it. That's later. They develop his powers as he goes. Sure, of course. As it becomes more convenient. (laughs) Charlie's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And Steve's like, well, if that's who I think it is, there's not much we can. Yeah. I guess we could stop the plane. Simple as that. He's still going to help. He realizes, I'm not fighting a fucking god. Like, yeah. Are you out of your mind? Like, That's the god That's of war. That's the god war. of war. Are you out of your mind? I'm good. PlayStation's not getting invented for another 80 <laughs> years. The first god of war, no, it's not that tough. But still, you got to you gotta be there. You got the slingy things going on there. I'm not fighting that. Nope. You're out of your mind. Nope. Ares is slamming giant chunks of earth with his mind. I have a question for you. Okay. Is Ares an elected official? He's definitely knighted. But is he an elected official? I don't know. I think so. He has a lot of power in whatever was happening in London in these briefing rooms for the war. Yeah, I never looked up on what it, on what his actual title is. I was. didn't either, but he's a sir. He's a sir. So he's knighted. He's knighted, so he's important. He did stuff leading up to knighthood. Yeah. This just blew my mind. It's like, what? how did, how did he rise to prominence in whatever's happening there? He spent, a, he spent there? a lot of time on Earth. I guess so, I but guess. I mean- People die. Every now. And then. People need to die. You can't stay in the house for forever or whatever it is. Well, maybe every hundred years or so, he fakes his death and starts a new life as a maybe not every as a small British child. Years. Well, no, I think <laughs> I think he stays an adult. He just introduces himself to a new area, and I don't know. I don't know what gods do in their free time. You never asked, did you? That's true. I haven't. Steve's gonna meet up with Diana. Yep. Diana's all deaf. yep, she got she got blown to hell. She got blown up. Yep. By some mortars in a box that she threw at. And there's him. a conversation that we don't hear because we're deaf too. We're deaf because Diana's deaf. Yep. Which I like a lot. And he's way. I like that a lot. He seems to be in in good spirits. He doesn't seem distraught or anything. No, no, he seems to know what he's doing. He leaves. He leaves her with his watch and yep runs after this plane. Yep. Which is it's taken off. Yeah. And then Aries is going to gear up. Yeah. In uh, this flames and stuff. Oh, it's cool. It's very cool suit. Especially when he reaches into the helmet and cuts out the holes yep. with his fingers. Man, it's good. So cool. That's really cool. The good. only thing that ruins it is that Jeff Foxworthy mustache. Not great. It's the only part of this villain that makes me go, really? You couldn't at least have him like burn off the mustache for the final fight or something? It looks so goofy. <laughs> you know you're a real god, when? <laughs> <laughs> oh... <laughs> You might be a demigod. (laughs) It's not Maui. It's not Moana here. (laughs) I had an issue with this fight. Okay. Which I instantly regretted after watching it. It starts out slow. For a God on God fight, there's nothing happening. You play with the space a lot. And it feels like the airport scene in Civil War, where you really explore the space up front, where you're not doing too much. And then you get to the cool stuff. But here, there's nothing in the background. It's a night scene. There's nothing happening. No. It's just, they're fighting, they're throwing each other long distances, Yeah, and it takes time, and it's real lame, and then I instantly took it back. Once they said, this is the space, this is your playground here, let's do it. Yeah. It was, it was a lot like a, like a, a Mills Lane celebrity death match. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. Right. It was fucking great. This is what fight scenes one-on-one should be. You think where so? Where you're playing with your- Yeah, I do think so, because- it's a lot of we're playing with our powers, we're discovering new things about ourselves, yeah, that we didn't know. it's not that that we're creating new powers for ourselves, it's that we're discovering, yeah, Ares knows what's in his bag of tricks, right Diana mostly does not mostly does not she she's a floater or she's a flyer is she i I don't know, I don't know why does she need the invisible jet if she's I don't if know she fly? I really don't know, I don't think she invisible can fly. jet it's not here, not here, but in her lore, yeah, no idea. I have no idea. Well, by the way, while this it. all happening, the part of the gang that's not in the plane, the not Steve, they blow up a warehouse. Of oh sorts. yeah, they blow up the warehouse. They do it. They do and a doctor, great Doctor Mara gets away. Yep, sure. Uh, after she, I guess she lights her bomb recipe on fire and then she books it. I guess so. But then they blow up the whole. I mean, then, I guess so. She didn't really need also, while this is happening, the gang runs out of ammo. Diana yep. gets somehow restrained by metal, but yeah, getting, basically yeah. telekinesis. She gets telekinesed onto the ground, wrapped yep. in metal, and she can't really move. Yeah but Steve's plane is flying straight up. He's taking control of the plane. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. I like he, how- He looks over his shoulder and sees that the uh, the warehouse is blown up, and he kind of giggles to himself. Yep. Still in, still in high spirits, despite knowing what's about to happen. Yeah, he turns around and points the gun at the bombs that are in the plane. Yep. Comes back, and we get a, we get a nice little moment with Steve, and then from the ground, we see the plane blow up. Kablooey. Do you think he's dead? Yes. Okay. But I'm I, unsure. I don't think he stays dead okay, I'm unsure. Okay. And my reason for being unsure is that that was a choice to put us on the ground. That's fair. To watch that. Yeah. To be at a distance. Yeah. And I think that's a very, very smart directing choice to oh, do. absolutely. Patty Jenkins crushes it. Patty Jenkins is demolishing this movie. Yes. She, oh, man. In she fact, good. this scene, she insisted the cockpit be built on a gimbal so that the set would mimic the movements of a plane. Even though you don't see that, from the the camera. No, the camera's pretty stationary. The Chris whole time. Pine yeah. feels the tilt of it and acts accordingly. Yeah. That's just smart it's directing. A smart move. That's a very smart move. Most of the time whenever you do a gimbal, you want to keep the camera stationary, and you or you want to let the camera play within the space. Right. But that's a very smart move for your actor. It's just a move. I like that a lot. Just for the actor. Anyway, Diana sees the plane blow up. Yeah, and then she hulks the She hulks fuck out. up. This whole fight, she's getting her ass handed to her by Ares. She gets in a couple hits. Yeah. Now that Zack Snyder's taking the reins, this is Zack Snyder. Oh, absolutely. This is a million times. But Gal Gadot in slow motion, if I were able to make a cat purring noise here, I would. <laughs> I totally would. <laughs> and the funny thing is, after she bursts out of this, this, these restraints, she goes and attacks the Germans, not Ares. Because they're the ones who are responsible for what that just happened to Steve. Correct. And Ares is watching on. And Ares is like, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. These humans are awful. Mankind is the worst. Yep. And after she's done with the Germans, she goes and beats the fuck out of Ares. Yeah. Ares comes and pulls uh, Dr. Meru and says, here she is. This is the one responsible for what just yeah, happened to Steve. She lifts up a tank. What are you going to do to her? looks like tank is going to crush her with the tank. And then we get a flashback to minutes before. And now we're not deaf anymore. We actually anymore. hear the conversation. Now we can hear. It's a weird flashback. Does she somehow all of a sudden know what he was saying? Lip reading. Now she's just connecting it. Maybe. I don't know. It, it's a very weird flashback. It's weird. And it kind of kills the momentum a little bit. I don't think it does. No? No. I think that there's one line here that to me hurt the movie as a whole. Okay. Steve says he has to go. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. He says he wishes they had more time. Yep. Then he hands her the watch and he runs away and says, I love you. Mm-hmm. Those three words are the worst thing that's happened in this movie. You think so? I do think so. And I think so, and I'll get to, you know, I'll get to why I think so in a second. Okay. Diana says, it's not about, this is as she's going back to Aries. Diana tells Aries that humans are everything you say and so much more. At this point, Brian watched this ending with me because he, he got here and <laughs> he, he, Brian yelled out liar, like, like daredevil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she says, it's not about deserve. It's about what you believe. And I believe in love. It's a very, very effective line. Mm-hmm it would have been more effective if Steve hadn't, hadn't just said, said that he loves her. Yeah. If Steve said, I wish we had more time and then left, and then left. holy shit, that's right. a powerful moment. But the I love you, I feel like almost diminishes what's about what's happening with the love and stuff like that. That's like, fair. We understand that that you love him and that he loves you. But, we, get, but yeah. we also understand that Steve's a human and that you are developing a love for humans on kind of an unconditional right. an level. Un- yeah, right. So I feel like that, those three words, man, they're the most unnecessary thing that's happened in this damn near perfect movie. That is it changes the whole tone of what's about to happen. Yeah. It's No, you're absolutely right. I'd never look at it that way, but you are right. I knew there was there was something about that scene that took me out of it. And that's the it's and those I three think... words. It's those three words. If he yeah. says, Wish we had more time, and yeah. then he goes and does his thing, it makes him more heroic. It right. makes that moment more powerful, it makes everything that they've been through. Wow. Even better. Yeah. And it makes if he comes back, it makes that more powerful too. Yeah. Her love isn't for Steve. Her love is for human. Mankind. For mankind. Yeah. Patty Jenkins, I think you you're gonna get a you're gonna get a 99 on this movie. Ooh-hoo. It doesn't take a lot away, but it you miss. It takes just enough you away that it's oh. it's a miss. Aries starts throwing lightning at Diana. Yeah, and her bracers catch that. Aries is fucked. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she learns how to manipulate that She's thing. She's over there and just she playing with the wrist the hell out of Aries. And Aries just goes, goes kaplowe right through his chest. He's, he's, and a, then, he's super dedicans now. Bam. Yep. That's it. And then everyone stops fighting, just like Diana said. How about that? You kill Aries and the war stops. There are literally people who were just shooting at each other now arm in arm. Yeah. Chief's got his arm around this German soldier. Yeah. And wonder who's celebrating? Britain. Britain. They're waving their Union Jacks around and whatever it is. We did it. They're celebrating in the streets. People are kissing everywhere. Yep. The Great War's over. We see yeah. the newspaper that says it. And they're walking through the, the gang, is walking through this crowd. Yep. And they walk up to this, this memorial, memorial thing. And of course, the There's picture, a picture of Steve, Steve at eye level height, at perfect height for her to touch and all this stuff. Gal Gadot acts the fuck out of this she scene. She does. John Favreau directs the fuck out of this scene, too. She acts the hell out of the scene without saying a single word. Gal Gadot is it's incredible. something special in She's movie. She's showing so many different emotions at once with just her eyes. It's unreal. Yeah. And She's, yeah, it's heavy handed, but damn it, it's effective. It's extremely effective. <laughs> it's extremely effective. <laughs> and also Rupert fucking Gregson Williams. Yep. And now that our flashback's over, we go back to the museum. <laughs> We're back in 2017. Because we got a bookend of this with some universe building. She's still looking at this picture. She writes to Bruce Wayne on Gmail. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Thank you for bringing him back to me." Simple as that. Send, send. But yeah, she vo's again. She basically says mankind is worth saving, so she keeps doing yeah. this forever. And, yeah, and then she goes to the rooftop and she jumps, she jumps, or flies. My wife and... watched literally one minute of this movie at the end when she walked in <laughs> and she asked, "Could she fly?" And I, we don't, and we were like, "Exactly, oh. exactly." <laughs> Who knows? The credits here look a lot like Doctor Strange's Sling Ring. Okay, it was just something I I'm noticed. okay with that at all times. I yeah. love Doctor, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is great. Yeah, so that's Wonder Woman. That's Wonder Woman. This movie's chock full. Oh man, there's so much that happens. It's ridiculous. Like you look at it, you look at the runtime, and you're like, why is it that long? And then you watch it, and you're like, they could have aired it out a little bit. Probably. I think there's a couple unnecessary things in there, but yeah. then there's not. Yeah. At the same time, when you break it all down, right? There's not a lot to brush over. No. So it's well, trust me, we just tried. We tried. It didn't work. <laughs> this is going to probably be our longest episode. Yeah. So, as I usually do. What'd you think? I love this movie. Yeah, I think I it's I think spectacular. I spectacular. This is an absolute. It's so well done, and I think Ugh. I think right now DC's strong suit, and I think they know it, are their properties that aren't already developed because people cling the to new the ones. old Batman and the old Superman. Batman's had so many different reincarnations that yeah. it's hard to understand what Batman is exactly. But then they keep going back to that well, and that well, I'm not going to call it dry. It's just wet in different places. It's different wells, <laughs> sure. I don't know, it's, it's wet strange because it's every Batman's a different Batman, right? And the thing about Batman is that you have a lot of re- different reincarnations. Where obviously, Batman 66, I'm not gonna hide it, I'm a massive fan of Batman of 66, but then you also get stuff like the Burton verse, and, and you get wildly different jokers. And You have you have different... the animated series, you have Batman Beyond, exactly. you have Batman. Year one, whereas your the Aquaman joke, you uh, any you name it, you have so many different types of Batman, right? Whereas Aquaman and Wonder Woman are and Shazam, fresh, they're fresh, they're, all they're fresh. Nobody has preconceived notions going in of what they should be. That's the way it should be, though. And that's why they're successful movies. And that's the reason why Marvel did so well is because they were all fresh going about it. And then the thing is that you built up this love for these characters and then when you throw them together, now it's how do they interact with each other? It makes it interesting again. Right. And then you bring in even more, well, that that was Avengers, and then you bring in different franchises with Guardians and with all these things and you bring them together and say how are they going to interact with each other? It makes it so entertaining. I think Marvel has the edge over DC. No one's going to disagree. Right. Aquaman passed the bill mark. They made a billy. I heard. That's, a, a, they needed that. Absolutely. They, they needed that. Absolutely. And Shazam looks like it's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait for Shazam. It I'm a like huge fan of the comics. So much fun. Cannot yeah. wait. But my issue with this movie is, yeah, there's a lot of Zack Snyder touches to it. I think Zack Snyder is the worst thing that's ever happened to comic book movies. Okay. Because Zack Snyder has his own style. Oh, absolutely. Zack Snyder's style works if you're a fan of Zack Snyder. He does the same stuff in 300. He does the same stuff in Watchmen. Yep. He does not do the same stuff in Dawn of the Dead, right? Why? I guess he's just he kind of a, a that, vision that... for superhero movies. I don't. Movies. I think because he developed this style in Three Hundred. That's true. And Three Hundred made bank. Oh yeah, it went gangbusters. Oh, it was amazing. And the thing was that it was visually stunning, but this when you look at it, the substance behind it. There's not a lot of substance behind that movie. Right. It's kind of ridiculous. Huh. It is kind of ridiculous. But then he kept doing the same thing over and over and over with that type of tone. Zack Snyder movies are now synonymous with DC. Yeah. With that tone. Isn't 300 based on a comic, though? Correct. So it's, it's... Frank Miller. Right. But I'm not going to say Frank Miller's the the reason why that one is looked at kind of ridiculously, because Sin City is also Frank that's Miller true. and Robert Rodriguez knocks it out of the park. Yeah. The second one, not so much. I never said the second okay. one. that's okay. But what I'm getting at is... Patty Jenkins didn't film this like a DC movie. She filmed this like a Marvel movie. Yeah. I'm very convinced that where you have your comedic points in it and they're not totally subtle and dark like you get in the DC universe, you kind of get your heavy handedness that Marvel is kind of getting known for and it kind of helps it along. I feel like the comedic bits are are exactly what I would have expected from a DC movie. They're short and sweet. Yeah. And they're they're few and far between. Yeah. It's it's still a very serious movie. Yeah, but there's the thing about this one is that you have a character who's able to carry that. Right. That ability. I'm not talking about Diana, I'm talking about Steve. Steve, yeah. Steve's kind of the tone setter of this movie whereas Diana is 100% the spine of it. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know, this falls into a weird place for me. I'm still pretty raw with this movie. Oh yeah. This is top 2, top 3. Wow. From what we've seen so far. Wow. Without a doubt in my mind. Okay. And I'm so so curious how we're gonna do our super stuff score. Do you want to do that now? I think we need to do it now. Let's do that now. We start out with setting. One. It's a one. It's a big time one. It's a one. It doesn't fall into the same tropes of other DC movies where it's. It doesn't. But I also got a feeling that this was a world builder because the, I mean the mascara still not to say it. Right. Felt like a Wakanda, and I thought Wakanda was one of the most brilliant creations that's come out of cinema since Avatar. Yeah. Where you build a world. Yeah. That's the way to do it. The scenes in Themyscira were actually shot in southern Italy on the uh, Amalfi Coast. Apparently, the weather was perfect. The cliffs were just right. Everything looked great. I want to go to there. that That's it, Liz Lemon. <laughs> so I agree. One for setting. Sure. Style and tone. One. That's a one. Big time one. Of course it is. Our hero. One. That's a, a heavy, hard one. Heavy one. Villains. That's tough. That's a tricky one because it's the tough. twist, the villain's only the villain. He's the villain overarching throughout the whole movie, but he's only the real villain. He's only the, the for a main villain minutes. for the very end. And it means it's war. War is the villain. Ludendorff and Dr. Plessis. I don't look at are, Ludendorff as the villain. I no? look at war as a whole as a villain. The concept of war is a villain in this one. You think? And it's overarching throughout the entire movie. Sure. I do because Ludendorff, I think, is a henchman. I mean, he's still a villain. Yeah, to a point. I don't know. Ares isn't that strong. It's a twist, but then he's not that strong. He gets beat. I'm not going to say pretty easily, but pretty quickly. I mean, he ha- yeah. Well, he but has a god is the there to kill. A he guy. has the upper hand for most of that fight. He does, and he... it's kind of just Steve. But getting... what villain doesn't have the it's upper hand? Steve getting most of a blown up—that all of a sudden gives one woman the strength to beat him. Correct. I'll go point five for yeah. villain. Point five. I think that lands in a in a safe spot. That's safe, not a sweet spot, but a safe spot. Female characters two two. I like that. I think that's our uh, not even my not even a question about it in my mind. That is our third two that we've ever is awarded. It? What are the other two? The other two are, I believe, both for Danny Elfman. Both are deserved for Batman and oh no, one's for Batman and, and one's for John Williams and Superman. Both deserved. Yep. Yeah. Female characters in this one too. Hard story two. and motivation. I'm gonna go with a point five. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it's a little jumbled. Okay. I think I do. Where. Diana looks at war as Aries, but she's not. She's actually looking at Aries, the person, she's, and yeah. I think that gets a little confused for her. Well, I'm not going to look at her like childlike wonder, almost right. like her or her naivete of it. I don't want to confuse it for a motivation. Her motivation's clear, yes. But if that's the case, then she's killing Germans who are, in her mind, should be innocent. That's true. So that's true. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that's fair. I also think it would have benefited a lot from losing the 2017 scenes at the front and end to the movie. Agreed. totally. But I understand universe building. Have to. Do what you have to do. It's important. They could have thrown it after the credits, but. That's a Marvel thing. That is a Marvel thing. Music. Okay, I have an issue with this one. Okay, what's your issue? That we already gave out a two. We did already give out a two. And, well, here's the thing. The major hook of this score is a holdover from another movie.
1: Yes, and that movie's
0: probably going to crush it. If that's the case, oh yeah, Hans or Zip. at least that that light motif of it, at least that part. Yeah, I'll definitely give it a one. I don't think it deserves more. That's not true. I think it deserves more. I think it deserves more. But but because it borrowed so much from that, it's it's, it's hard a light, to it's a light motif. Yeah. So yeah, impact on the genre. We don't have a TBD, do we? No, because this one's only. I mean, now it's a year and a half old. We're in 2019. Yeah, it was 2017. Yeah, but there's a sequel announced. And we're getting we're getting nah, movies like You know what? We're getting movies like yeah. Captain Marvel and we're getting we're getting a I'm not even looking at that. I'm looking at I'm taking away the Captain Marvel. That's I don't think that matters. That was gonna happen no matter what. Okay, but what about no, um the Black Widow standalone movie? I think that's important, but I think what's more important is Aquaman doing a Billy. That's fair. So I think definite one. Yeah. Is but, that this that's just one. reinvented DC. DC. Detective Comics Comics. <laughs> Parents. It's a zero. Isn't it? Well, we don't know about Zeus. We don't Zeus. know about Zeus. We don't know about Zeus. It's kind of up in the air if Zeus is alive or not. Her aunt dies, and her aunt is it's kind of a like a- It's not a mother figure. It's an aunt figure. Because her mother is very much her there as well. Her mother is being extremely motherly. Yeah. And her aunt is being- oh, I hate to give this a zero anywhere, but- I think it's a zero. I think that's a zero on parents. One-liners. It's not heavy. There's there's not a ton of them. It's not heavy. I don't think there's really any of them. And I think about it, like- I think Steve has some one-off lines that are very good. Yeah, but this movie's a zero, a one-liners. A zero There's nothing on one-liners. Zero on one-liners. That's a rarity. That is. Our total super stuff score for Wonder Woman is eight. Is that a new high? That is not a new high. Oh man, that's way the hell up there, though. <laughs> it is number three. It falls short of Batman eighty. Uh, Batman eighty-nine, eight and a half. Yeah. And Spider Man two with an eight point two five. That's good company. That's very good company. That's very good company. And it beats out Spider-Man and Superman. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Well done, Wonder Woman. Brian, I have bad news for you. Bad news? Roger Ebert didn't see this movie. Oh, he did. Question to you. Okay. What do you think Roger Ebert would have thought of this movie? Sometimes it's hard to read Roger Ebert. Correct. But, you know, it's strange because his head's never in the right place, but his heart usually is. I'm going to say this would probably be a rare... Four star. I think I agree. I think I completely agree with you on that one. Which he doesn't give to comic book movies. No. But. Well, he gave it to Superman. That's right. But that was a game changer when it came out. Yeah. So that makes sense. But so is this. That's correct. Let me read you just a couple of reviews because obviously we don't have an Ebert review. Sure. But Amy Nicholson, MTV, has a fantastic podcast with Paul Shear called Unspooled. I'll plug it. I don't care. I listen sure. to it all the time. It's great. She says. Except for the title, Patty Jenkins' big-hearted blockbuster doesn't use the name Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is singular. Wonderful women are manifold, and hopefully they'll fill theaters alongside some wonderful men. Hmm. I loved reading that. Wow. She's absolutely right. Yeah. Everything about that is absolutely right. Joe Morgenstern from the Wall Street Journal says, The movie-going world deserves the best that Hollywood can deliver, and this time we've pretty much got it. Wow. Very high praise. That is. Where do you think this got on Rotten Tomatoes? 97%. Did you look this up? No. Well, you're wrong. Okay. Is it higher? It's lower. 93%. 93. Okay. It's extremely high. That's very high. It's extremely high. And where do you think this falls on our list of top sixty? or now top 67 now list on Rotten Tomatoes? Five? Two. Oh, wow. It's a biggie. Wow. That's way the hell up there. Yeah, well, I mean- Obviously. There's only one one that's higher, and we'll get to it one day. Someday. But holy shit, that's high. That's very high. Extremely respectable. Yeah. Especially for a movie that's, a lot of people, I don't, now, here's the thing is, what's the weight around this? The number one movie you've guessed before. It's Black Panther, It's Black Panther. Yeah. Black Panther at 97%. Okay. Number three movie. Is it Infinity War? It's not Infinity War. Is it Avengers? It's not Avengers. It's Spider-Man or the Spider-Verse. Oh, right. I forgot. At that 97%. Got added. It just got added. This one has 93%. Hmm. Why is, is this sandwich sitting 4% lower than these two movies that are there? And it makes me question how it was received. Yeah. Overall, because this movie was unnecessarily controversial when it got released. Yeah. Because as a white male, I'll say. There's a lot of dumb fucking white males out there. It's so true. This movie gained a lot of media attention because Alamo Drafthouse said, we're going to do a woman-only screening. Yeah. And then they did multiple woman-only screenings. They sure did. And they got a lawsuit from this motherfucker named Stephen Clark, 48 years old, in New York, is a law professor. He should be a professor of being a fucking cocksucker. Wow. Tell me how you really feel, Dave. I'm sure he's a fine person outside of being a fucking dickhole. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, first of all, you don't even live in Texas. Why do you care? Alamo Drafthouse has spread out a little more than Texas lately. Yeah, but same time. But still, but still, it was still, it still, wasn't still, it specifically still. in Austin, Texas, Alamo Drafthouse that was doing it that started the promotion. At least I think you're right. But who gives a shit, right? You have a superhero that's a female lead that's finally empowering women, and they do a woman only screening. You get upset. Women aren't, well, they'd probably get upset if we did a a men-only screening for, I don't fucking know. Rudy, what do men like now? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Everything's man-led. Yeah. Everything is. Everything. Why can't a woman have any fucking power in this world? Also, there's so many other movie theaters. There are other showtimes. Correct. Fucking deal with it. So here's what happened. He sued Alamo Drafthouse. After seeing a wave of complaints on the theater's Facebook page, which means a lot of people just came down on this, he says there was a vibrant argument happening on Facebook. But when the theater responded to complaints, they were pretty snide about it and willing to mock anyone who had a complaint, and that really struck me. So this oh. this little snowflake here, oh I'm going to use his own word against him. This snowflake here, he got his little feelings hurt. Yeah, Stephen Clark, I don't know you. Throw on your MAGA hat and go fuck yourself. <laughs> He yeah. says the Albany law. He's an Albany law school professor. Okay, so he's not even one of the big ones like NYU. That's not even real. They're using New York. New York real liberally. That's upstate. That's that's Canada. He says there's also the fact that what they were doing is illegal. Is it? Want to let you know that the Alamo Draft House made a statement. that Yeah, they sold out every single one of these things. Good. They said, "Apologies, gentlemen, but we're embracing our girl power and saying no guys allowed for one special night at the Alamo Ritz. It's the theater's Austin location." You're right. And when we say people who identify as women only, we mean it. That could be taken as questionable. That line, it's not. That's but right. still. Everyone working at this screening, venue staff, projectionist and culinary team will be female. That's amazing. They went the whole nine with it. That's awesome. They also held women only screenings in Brooklyn. He accuses his Alamo of discriminating against male customers cuz you know, all the times that males haven't discriminated against females for damn near anything. Right. It makes me embarrassed. I agree. Makes me completely embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's that's the mountain you're going to choose to die on. That's the one. The one that makes you fit into oh. what's now a white male stereotype. Right. Thank you, Stephen Clark. Thank you. While we're talking about dumb fucks. Who else you got? Brian complimented me last week, by the way, about not swearing as much in the X-Men. And it's because <laughs> I didn't have anything to get worked up over. Sure. And I'm worked up over this. The Guardian. I looked up, because Rod Ebert died, Yeah, I looked up what are some other modern movie critics that we can kind of go to if we have to. Sure. One that I got pointed in the direction of was The Guardian. I can see where this is going. This is interesting, because The Guardian has multiple film critics. Okay. Male and female. That's important to note. I got pointed to Peter Bradshaw. I could not find a Peter Bradshaw article about this. But Peter Bradshaw does say, that there's a glorious review of Wonder Woman by Anthony Lane in The New Yorker. So he's kind of putting his other critics, giving them a little acclaim. I don't, I, I just don't think he reviewed it. I couldn't find it. Okay. If you find it, probably not going to be hard to find. The two that I found from The Guardian, one was by Wendy Ied, gave it four stars. She loved it. Sure. Female opinion. Right. Fine. I get it. The one that made me fume is a man named Steve Rose. Hmm. He gave it two out of four. He says, this is his headline, glass ceiling still intact as Gal Gadot reduced to weaponized Smurfette. How much fucking more could you just... Miss the point? Oh my god. Oh my god. Absolutely ridiculous. He says, those hoping a shot of Estrin would generate a new kind of comic book movie and revive DC's faltering movie universe might need to lower their expectations. Like many people out there, I had no shortage of excitement and goodwill towards this female-led superhero project. But in the event, it's plagued by some of the same problems that dragged down previous visits to the DC movie world. Over-earnestness, bludgeoning special effects, and a messy, often wildly implausible plot. What promised to be a glass ceiling-smashing blockbuster actually looks more like a future camp classic. What episode is this? Is this number 12 for us? Uh, 13. This is the dumbest review I've read. It's awful. The fact that he had to go out of his way to say this is a female-led project mm-hmm. it just completely takes all credibility out of everything he's saying. Yeah. Blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. Especially because is a hero. Yeah. Absolute hero. Yeah. And the reason why I say is a hero is I've been holding this for 13 episodes. There's a book that I kept coming across that I actually started reading. That's called The Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. Okay. It's mentioned as a lot of people's inspirations for just, Generally being creative, being business savvy, everything like that. It's about the hero's journey. Oh, okay. I know that it's a big influence on Bob Dylan. George Lucas was a really big one. And I'm really happy you brought up the doors before because Jim Morrison. Oh, wow. An article I found on Nerdophiles. It's a collaborative blog on nerd culture. The article says, suck it, Joseph Campbell. An exploration of the hero's journey in Wonder Woman. Hmm. This kind of turns the hero's journey on its head. Every bit about it because... Joseph Campbell was looked at as, like, it's a collection of mythologies and all that stuff in order to better emphasize what the hero's journey is. Yeah. What they say here is that Joseph Campbell's *Man with a Thousand Faces synthesized centuries of myth, oral legends, stories, and narratives into one epic arc, the hero's journey. We see it take place in Star Wars, The Lord of the Rings, and Harry Potter. Those are modern. Brian, chill out. I know you got angry there for i I've a second. seen some of them. Good. It says, Joseph Campbell also said the hero's journey is a monolith and applicable to only men. That's bullshit. Some of the things that we see here are, this is breaking down the hero's journey, the ordinary world. the mascara, not an ordinary world. Right. Not at all. There's nothing but to Diana it is. Right. Because that's what she knows. Exactly. So right away we start off, there's a call to adventure. There actually is. Once that plane crashes. No, once that plane crashes, that's her call to adventure. She sees that there's a higher calling. Yeah. There's the refusal of the call. So it says after the dust settles, Diana wants to go to the world of men. Mother won't let her. her mom, There's your it, refusal. Yeah. Meeting of the mentor. I'm not going to call Steve Trevor. They don't either. They're not a mentor. Right. But he's kind of. But he's teaching her the ways of the, of mankind. the world. He's, yeah of the world outside of the mascara. Right. There's crossing the threshold. That's an obvious one. That they literally. Test. Allies. Enemies. Couldn't be any more obvious again. Right. The approach, they get your companions. You get your Yeah. your the gang. You get the gang again. You get the boys. You get your ordeal. No man's land. It's yeah. the one that he uh, references here in Files. The reward, saving the village. And you see it fully there when she's shaking the hands, taking the pictures. Absolutely. The road back. She completes the journey, but her road back, I'd call the road back kind of her at the museum. We don't really see the road back. We see the end of the road back. Yeah. Not as important, but important. Fine. The resurrection. She's tested. She perseveres. She learns the truth about her origins, She sees what she's up against. Mm-hmm. She keeps going through it. She sees Steve die and uses that yeah to her advantage. And then there's the elixir. The elixir in this one, Justice League. Simple as that. Hmm. I really appreciate this Nerdophiles thing. I've been holding on to the Hero of a Thousand Faces for clearly a long, long time, and this one put it so perfectly it together. Just laid it out, yeah. Absolutely. And this, to me, this sums up Wonder Woman. Absolutely. In previous episodes, I've talked about what the filmmakers say their inspiration was. Sure. And you generally go, no. No. That's not what well, it that's is. That's because John Favreau talking about the Kubrick and nonsense and all right, that stuff. Right. On. I feel like wilder. you might that. agree yeah. with this one. Patty Jenkins. But Hit we'll me. see. Hit me. Patty Jenkins cites Superman 1978. Yes. Batman Begins. Yes. Indiana Jones. Casablanca and The Little Mermaid as influence. I can't disagree with a single one of those. That's weird combination and a bizarre combination, but every single every one of them works. Every single one. I'd say out of that entire No, Batman begins is a gas attack. That makes sense. It's I mean it's all wow. there. Wow. Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns did a major rewrite of Alan Heinberg's script, who is credited as the Correct. screenplay and yep. story writer, but they didn't get credit from the writer's guild. Jeff Johns, you might know, he does a lot of writing for uh CW's Flash. Yes, he does but they didn't get a credit, but they did a major rewrite of this. So this so, is- They all did of a job. All. This is a lot of this is Patty Jenkins. This is like good. her baby. That's a good thing. And it's so good. Yep. Completely it, agree. Great that she's coming back for the second one. Very excited for Wonder Woman 1984. And my last thing that I have here is, uh, it's a parallel to Captain America. Sure. Real quick, real easy. We said it earlier. It's a parallel. In several ways. Yeah. Both films take place during a world war. Yes. Both films are chronologically first in their universes. Yes. And both films serve as the final film before the big team film. Captain America came out right before the Avengers. This came out right, this came Justice out right the before Avengers. Justice League. Okay. A German military officer with enhanced powers is a major antagonist in yes. both films. And a character named Steve, played by an actor named Chris, seemingly dies in a plane crash/slash explosion in the climax of both films. Seemingly. There you have it. There it is. If you have any thoughts on this movie or others, you can send them our way. You can find us at Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook, at Kate Podcasters, And you can send us an email, capepodcasters at gmail.com. We are still accepting nominations and categories for the KPs and Potties right up to Valentine's Day. So get those to us. You sure are. Next week. Next week. We're going to dip our toes back into that MCU. Let's get back into that It's MCU. about time. It's been a while. It's been a long time. We're going to go to a character we've already met. We sure are. We're going to meet him for the second time. We're going to retread some... Some dangerous ground. Yeah. We're going to see how it goes next week. Mickey Rourke. Iron Man 2. (laughs) Hopefully there's no caves. That's all I got to say is hopefully there's no caves. I don't think there are any caves. Maybe I'll like it. All right. Can't wait. Have you not seen Iron Man 2? I saw it once in theaters. Oh, this will be fun. Yeah, Iron Man 2 doesn't... It didn't do it for me. You're not going to like it. I'm in a different... No? We'll see. Ryan put the disclaimer out there already. (laughs) Let's see what happens. Stay tuned. Iron Man 2, same pod time, same pod channel. That's Wonder Woman, Brian. What happens post credits? So the Justice League are all hanging out at the Watchtower, which is apparently their their base. All along the Watchtower. Just just googled that to find that out. Um, <laughs> and uh, I guess Barry's watching TV. Barry seems like the one who'd be watching TV. I guess. Yeah. He's flipping through the channels, and uh, Diana's just kind of in the room. And they go, they go across uh, the show called "Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader?" <laughs> And Diana sees Jeff Foxworthy on screen and goes, oh, no, Ares is back. <laughs> what do you think happens? What I think happens is we see a picture of the White House. And On the bottom, it says November eleventh, 2018. It's the 100th anniversary of the armistice of World War I. Wonder Woman is in attendance, getting a congressional medal of honor from President Trump. As she's standing at the podium, Trump starts getting a little handsy with his little hands. And his his orange face and his bird's nest hair, and Diana says, no, "No, no, don't do that! Don't do that!" And he says, "What's wrong, tits? What's wrong, tits? What's wrong, sugar tits? Like a Mel Gibson!" And then she treats it like a like a Dumb and Dumber type situation, and punches him through the chest, and pulls out his heart and puts it in a doggy bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems about right.